Blog Talk Radio. about it 
And it's so funny. I saw Apollonia, who's a friend to a show. To the show, she's an astrologist, and I saw her even uh, tweeting on uh, on our. Uh, this is the Pluto return, and I heard I'm one of my other favorite people to listen to is the Peace Dealer, and he was talking about, hey, he's been saying this for like months that this was. I mean, a week kind of that this was going to go down, and. Man, today it happened. So some of you are like, Carlotta, what are you talking about with Pluto return? Okay, so I'm going to talk about all that and more when I get back, okay, because we're going to just have a big discussion about first. I'm going to start it off the show first off about what my thoughts about the siege on the Capitol. And trust me, black people, it ain't going to be what you think here because the thing is I don't see them completely – I don't know. I don't see the day what happened today is completely as bad. Just like I didn't see the riots in the summer, the riots that we had with Black Lives Matter and everything, completely as bad either. Y'all like what? Listen, and I'm gonna say this once so that people can understand this. I am not a person for invoking violence. I don't believe in violence. I don't even like it. But I understand when it's when when violence sometimes ends up being our only method when people feel hopeless and lost. Um, this is for both sides. I even talked about this when coronavirus was at its one when coronavirus was going on, and these I said them white boys in bubbles, bubbles in them in the hills was marching to them. Uh, governors' homes and stuff because their businesses were being closed down and everything like that, and they were having a hard time with it. And I said they had the right to do that just like we had the right to march in the street the previous weeks, even though they didn't think so. We had the right to uh, march in the street uh, for our rights and do what we did after um, after the killings of uh, George Floyd and Breonna Taylor this summer. So, listen, I am for people marching. For their rights, I am for it, and I am for it. Sometimes, it, sometimes you, the powers that be, don't want to give up power, and sometimes things get ugly. Okay, and uh, listen, I'm not gonna be for one side and not be for the other because justice has to be a, a, a whole thing. You have to be for every every side. So today, you're going to hear me talk about it in a surprising way. What I think about what happened today, I am not surprised it happened. I feel like we're going to have more happen. I wouldn't be surprised if it gets worse within these next four years. You guys, this is the ushering of a Scorpio in office. Welcome to my world. <laughs> okay? So we're going to talk about this and a whole lot more if he gets in office. Because <laughs> this is the age of Aquarius. Okay, so I don't know. So we'll see, okay? We're going to talk about this and a whole lot more when I get back. Okay, I'm going to take a quick break, and then we're going to get into discussion. I'm going to talk straight up about it. I think I'm not surprised about what happened at all today. It is as American as apple pie. You're like, what? Wait a minute, Carlotta, are you saying this American? And I couldn't be, a lot of black people were talking about, I'm embarrassed. I can't believe we're Americans. No. What are you embarrassed? What are you talking about? Embarrassed? You do understand this is the America that had slaves when they were writing the Constitution, which the Constitution to me is a great document. 
it was just written by imperfect people who had slaves while they were writing a document about liberty and freedom and then proceeded to share it with the world. (laughs) So you're talking embarrassed? Or let's not talk about uh, the uh, Civil War, failed reconstruction, uh, Jim Crow laws, segregation. What are you embarrassed about? What are you talking about? You're embarrassed. This is America. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> we're, pay, we're far past embarrassment, people. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> what are y'all talking about, y'all embarrassed? What, who are y'all, what in the world is going on? I couldn't believe when I saw black people all online saying that. I was just like, seriously? Embarrassed? What are you embarrassed about? <laughs> this, this, is, this is America. As a matter of fact, America was built on rebellion and revolution. And I'm going to tell you after the break why I think we can learn something from these white supremacists we saw today. Oh, yes, we can. Yes, we can. Because you know what? They understand. I heard, I heard, I remember listening to uh, Jason Black. And I really, I love, I listen to black authority, even though sometimes I disagree with them about some things. But so, so, so there's some, a lot of things I do agree with them with. And he was talking about when the white kids, there were a lot of white kids out there fighting. Remember when the riots first happened this summer after the George Floyd thing and everything like that? A lot of the white kids were fighting for the black kids. Now, they were not going to hurt the black kids, I mean the white kids, because they had the complexion, what Paul Mooney used to say is the complexion for the protection, okay? They were not going to hurt them. And they were they were fighting the battle, and I remember they were going up to CNN, and they was about to riot CNN, CNN and all kind of stuff. And I remember I heard uh, Jason Black said the white kids was like, get out of he he was saying their thoughts were like, get out the way. We under understand revolution. You don't. <laughs> God, how true that is. White supremacy understands a revolution. You don't. Black people, you don't. Oh, we're going to get into this conversation when I get back. Oh, it's going to make some people mad. It's going to make some people mad, I understand, and it's okay. But I'm going to ask you to take off your cat, you take take off your, your emotional cat with me today and put on your thinking cat. Let's talk about it because we are heading towards Orwellian society. And I think we don't understand that. And our Orwellian society means we're all going to be under 1984. Not just one of us, not just two of us, but all of us. <laughs> so I'll talk about that and more and what that has to do with today when I get back. Meanwhile, I'm going to play a little bit of my favorite. No, you know what? I need to play something else because I was going to play one of my favorite songs. But let me see if I got this on here. Okay, yeah, I'm going to play another one because I feel like this is appropriate for the moment, okay? We're going to kick it off with Jamiroquai, Too Young to Die. It's the CC Show. I'll be back in a moment, okay?
very best in government, politics, celebrity entertainment, music news. Tune into the Carlotta Chatwood Show right here on Block Talk Radio. Hey, what's up, y'all? We are back on the Carlotta Chatwood Show. I am going to do something today. I'm going to open up the phone lines. I see a lot of y'all on the phone lines. Uh, if you want to say something, you have to hit the blue because sometimes y'all have the blue mark hit and y'all don't y'all don't really want to talk. So if you want to speak about today's events, you can hit the um, you can hit hit the one and that I mean sorry hit the one and that tells me that you guys want to talk. If you don't want to talk, then don't hit the one. Okay, that's how I'll do that. If you want to talk, a lot of times a lot of you guys just tune in, just listening in or whatever, and that's fine. You can listen through the phone lines. I have no problem with that. Uh, but today we're talking. I'm going to be talking about a number of things today. But first, we're going to talk about today the Capitol siege. What happened at the Capitol? Uh, you're going to be shocked at what I think. But I think if you listen to this show on a regular, you're not going to be shocked because I actually think that this was very American. I, we are looking at an unprecedented time, okay, um, in terms of when we're talking about economic um, upheaval, and we haven't really seen the damage done to the economy from shutting it down, okay? We haven't really seen that yet. I was just reading an article. You guys know how much I like the entertainment world. And I was reading an article about how the concert business has lost so much money. Uh, even, you know, they've lost like $30 million. Uh, we're looking at, I mean, just up here. Think about all the people like you got to go to your, 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 to buy your tickets. I'm just using that as an example. People who lost jobs, not being able to work ticket things, work summer things. I mean, all kinds of things. We're, this is just one thing. We're not even talking about the small businesses that are going to be shut down. And, you know, I mean, the small businesses and restaurants and everything, I mean, this is unprecedented time. So we were seeing right before, remember right before the riots this summer, we were seeing people get angry already at their politicians, marching to politicians' homes with guns on their back, saying, hey, open up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I said, one of the traits, you know, even about, you know, even in the white supremacist society, white supremacists don't like being shut down. And you know what, wait, listen, here, and I'm not going to say white supremacists because it's not just white supremacists. People don't like being shut down. People who have businesses don't want to see their businesses shut down. They don't want to see uh, their, their, them having money issues and problems. So today, you know, the Republicans think they have been, the election has been stolen from them. I don't even think it was just about Donald Trump, really. I think it was partly about Donald Trump. But I also think this they feel like a lot is on the line as far as second, when we're talking about Second Amendment rights, the right to uh, bear arms. You're talking about the uh, rights to uh, freedom of speech, freedom of the press. I think that, that we are seeing a strong turn of people being afraid that we are heading towards an Orwellian society. And people are saying, hell no, I don't want to go down that road, <laughs> right? So I don't think this was just people climbing the the Patriot, I mean, climbing the Capitol building just to attack. No, I don't think that at all. I think people are afraid of this time and the time they see, and they see the Democrats, and I don't think it's just a Democratic thing, and I'm going to explain that a little later on the show. I think now we're not looking at any more 
Democrats and Republicans. That's for your entertainment. I think now the war is between nationalism and globalism. Okay, this is a whole different ball game we're 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 watching right now. Okay, so I want to talk to you. I'm going to take a caller who wanted to call in and say something about uh, what uh, what's been going on, what they felt uh, was happening today in um, in D.C. So six one two, you're on the line. This is the CC show. What's up? Yes, ma'am. Thank you for taking my call. How are you doing this evening? I'm good. How are you? Doing well. Um, I just wanted to say, like, uh, I'm. Uh, I'm a, I guess I'll go ahead and say I'm, I'm a Trump supporter myself. I voted for the president. Okay. And so maybe I'm offering a perspective from that view. Now, I don't mm-hmm. agree with what they did today and what went down in the okay. Capitol. That was totally wrong. They shouldn't have done that. But okay. I just wanted to let people kind of – and I used to be a Democrat, by the way, so I understand other perspectives. I'm not just been conservative my whole life. But I just think people need to look at it and take, take out – like take aside how you feel about the president or what side you're on politically or whether you agree – that the election was stolen or not, put all that aside and just look at this as an observation of human psychology. And just whenever you have a group of people that feel like they have a certain set of grievances and those grievances haven't been addressed, whether it's by those in power, whether it's the justice system, wherever it may be, and they feel like they're not being taken seriously, that oftentimes leads to people doing over-emotional and kind of crazy things, usually like protesting and rioting, you know? And yeah. the example I use for you know on the flip side is I think about after the George Floyd incident, how <clears throat> angry and upset people were because you had a group of people right. kind of similarly who had a certain set of grievances that felt like their grievances weren't being addressed in the justice system or you know by the leaders, and so they felt like you know they had to take it in their own hands, and that's why people went to the streets. So I feel like we're just it's similar human behavior. And depending on what side right. you're on politically, you'll view because you know a lot of conservatives viewed what happened in last spring with BLM, you know, a certain type of way, and we're kind of bashing them. And now people who are liberal are looking at what the Republicans and the conservatives did today in D.C. and they're bashing them for that. And it's like, if you step back and look at it, you realize we're all the same. We just had different perspectives, and I think that's the best way to view the whole thing. I agree. I mean, the same thing. People have short-term memories. I mean, George W. Bush, remember when George W. Bush was coming with his inauguration day? People were in the streets. They were protesting. They were literally throwing eggs at the limo. I, I don't know if people remembered that. I mean, when he was coming. So the, it was kind of the same upheaval going on. We just don't remember it because it was so long ago. Now George W. is beloved, which is interesting to me now. <laughs> but at yeah. one time, I mean, people were talking about throwing him in jail afterwards. So, I mean, you know, um, I think I, I'm not surprised. At this. It, the one thing, I'll ask you this, being a conservative, do you feel under attack, though, more so about your – because what you said was pretty brave. You came, you said, I'm a Trump supporter. I, I, I supported the president. A lot of people will attack you now for saying you're a Trump supporter. So do you feel more under attack and by what happened today? Do you think, like, whoa, this is going to make it harder for us? Yeah, I wouldn't say, like, I feel under attack in the sense of feeling yeah. like I'm a victim, but I feel more like the I can see that the, the odds are kind of stacked against us. And what I mean by that is you can tell, like, the media is obviously biased. You know, the majority of what we see in the media, whether it's news media, Hollywood, celebrities, all the influential yeah. aspects of society are almost completely liberal, you know? Like, the yeah. only news network that, out there that you can think of as conservative is, like, Fox. And, and it just, it just flipped on you. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, and they and they basically flip. And if you know now, a lot of some people aren't even watching Fox anymore. But like, I, I always felt because you know when I was a liberal, I used because I used to be like a hardcore Democrat. You know, I was I volunteered in the Obama campaign in 2008, so I used to be on the total opposite side and used to hate conservatives and Republicans. And I often tell my liberal friends, because whenever I bring up this issue of liberal media bias, they try to say, oh, that's not real. And I tell them, okay, imagine if I told you as a liberal that Fox News isn't biased, right? You're going to look at me like I'm crazy. Because as a liberal, you can tell when you watch something, you can sense when something's biased against your view. And I tell them, as conservatives, we can see what we tune in to CNN or MSNBC or we look at the New York Times or the Washington Post or whatever, or all these late-night talk show hosts or SNL and all this stuff. And all these celebrities, we can tell that they're all in opposition to what we think. We can see it. Right. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. that's, that's kind yeah, of why people have that view. Well, at least why it's hard to be a conservative. It's, I, I agree with you. It's hard to be a conservative. Uh, I am. I consider myself, uh, I was Obama. I've, I've voted all across the board. I really consider myself an independent, but I have conservative leanings. But, um, okay. Yeah, I, I mean, I've seen it. I was Obama like you. I was Obama'd out. I was, I was, you know, I volunteered. I, I was, I helped open up the first office in Missouri. It, it, but then I realized, I realized like a little bit afterwards, I, I realized that Obama was, was going to be a sham. But, <laughs> but yeah, it me was, too. It, 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 yeah, it. I mean, and it's, it wasn't to me. It's gone past Democrat Republican in some senses. This is just um, to me. I think this is a fight. Uh, in a sense, for just basic freedoms, the right to, um, I, and and for, and some reason, for some reason, conservatives look like they're taking up that cause right now a little bit more. Where at one time it seemed like liberals were taking up that cause. I think it switched, but I, I totally get what you're saying. Totally do. Thank you so much for calling in. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Thank you for taking my call. Yeah, you have a good night. Uh-huh. You too. You guys, see, uh, let me tell you, I I really feel like we are we are fighting a situation that has gone up past Democrats and Republicans. I feel like now I've told you I felt like it was a nationalist, globalist fight, uh, and I think that when Black people, Black America, hear about hear nationalism, they get scared, and understandably so. Okay. But I don't think we understand the fight within uh, – our fight within the context of a bigger fight in terms of um, if you – if – and how can I explain this? If globalists – because I don't think now – what I think happened to Donald Trump, I predicted that I knew – that Mike Pence would not be on Donald would not help Donald Trump today because Mike Pence is a neocon. He's a neoconservative. Trump, when he first got Mike Pence, and when Mike Pence first, you know, when they were first running, they didn't really. Trump didn't really want to take him. Remember, he wanted um, I forget the uh, Christie to be his VP, and I believe that Pence was taken has a has a backroom deal. You know, I I don't think Donald ever wanted Pence. I think Donald is a is a rebel in a way that he did not he knew Pence was on the neoconservative side of things, meaning the Dick Cheney, George W. Bush side of the party. And here Donald Trump is representing what I call the Ron Paul side of the party. Uh which is very different, okay? Um, so uh, I think this is a deeper fi- a fight. There's a fight going on even within the Republican Party for leadership, okay, so that we don't understand 
also on the groundwork too. So I'm gonna take in one more caller. Uh three one four, you're on the line. What's up? It's the C C show. What's going on? You know that hey, last caller? He, yeah. That last call is a real gentleman, <clears throat> and I really appreciate listening to his conversation. Mm-hmm. I want him don't feel alone. I'm a conservative too. There's a lot more out there, but blacks yeah. <clears throat> when they admit that they're not with the typicals, they get ridiculed. Some get fired from the job. That's true. And that's <laughs> the truth. They are, they receive racism from other blacks, and we got to call it like it is. It's racism when you got blacks like the, the black uh, state legislator up in Minnesota, uh, Michigan who gave credit for being saved from COVID with the hydrochlorophene that Donald Trump talked about. They wanted to kick her out the party. Yeah. And the guy's burning uh, Jordan down in Atlanta in Georgia. He said he liked Trump's party. They wanted to kick this black man out the party. They're a bunch of racists, them Democrats. But I'm going to tell you this. What we seen today was a good thing. But wait a minute. Hang on. Ooh-wee. Why come they didn't call the National Guard out when they seized Seattle? Where was the National Guard in St. Louis in the Central West End during the BLM protest riot march? And they shot four police officers. And then later on, over on Martin Luther King and Sarah Avenue, Officer Dorn, Captain Dorn, retired, was killed when he went to check on the palm shot that five black men was robbing. Where is the National Guard? And why did Lori Lightfoot tell the police to stand down in Chicago? What happened when the police station got Looted and burnt in Minneapolis. So I didn't see any stores being windows broken out with this march, this peaceful march in D.C. today. Well, and it was a federal building. (laughs) Yeah, it was a federal building. You know, here's what I'll say. They were more strategic in what they went towards. When you're dealing with, uh, when you're, when we're dealing with uh, racial injustices, I think what happens become, comes um, into play uh, a lot of different things that make them have so many different targets. But I think that what what we saw today was a targeted effort to try, and I really don't think. And this is where I think differently about the um, about what happened today. I don't think they were going to do them. I don't think they meant to do them harm. I think they wanted to be heard, and they marched. Oh, they got the a cap- right. To, they, they they had a right they to said, take oh, over that. Yeah. They had a right to take over that Congress uh, setting. That's their con. That's a federal building. And see, here's the point. You know, this is the thing I hate. When Mexicans storm the ICE office. In Colorado, a federal building climbed up, one of them climbed up the flagpole, took the American flag down, and put up the Mexican flag. You know what that means, don't you? That's war when you do that. Where was all the outcry? When Donald Trump was elected, you had looting. You had burglary, uh, busting out windows, burning limousines, marching in the street, burning the United States flag. And he hadn't even took office. Where was all the outcry? 
Yeah, well, you got like well, it is what the caller said that there is. You do have that like that liberal agenda. The liberal agenda is very thick right now, and especially in the media. So a lot of times we don't get to hear a perspective. Uh, even a, a, a perspective that is that's down the middle, like there is not even a middle perspective. No, they're not going to do that. Why yeah, come so, they didn't so criticize? Now, why come they didn't criticize Maxine Waters when she said, "When you're in the presence of Trump supporters, get up in their face and attack them." Yeah. I why is she? Why the come they didn't criticize her? Why come they didn't criticize Nancy Pelosi for tearing up the State of the Union? Address when she was standing behind Trump. That's evil. Well, that, and that you know, and, and here's my thing. I, now, I personally think both sides are white, full of white supremacists. But I like there are policies I think that black people can invoke on either side to help them to get to get to where they need to be. But I, I think agree black with you. people are not wanting to get out of the bubble of the Democrats. And that you're absolutely right. You got candidates so that I, ran. I hey, look at that man down in in, in uh, Georgia, in in Atlanta. That preacher, he ran on the back of police brutality. Right. That's what they all did this year. They ran on the back of marching BLM and police brutality. What are the issues? I know a man in St. Louis, Bill Monroe, trying to open up an alternative school. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd be damned. He supports Joe Biden. Democrats are against that. How in the heck you going to get an alternative school and you supporting candidates that's against that type of thing? It doesn't make no sense. I, and, and, here, and here's the thing, I think, what happens with, with us, and, and this is for both sides, both with Republicans and Democrats. I don't think, and I, and I, I, I try not to tell I tell people my opinions, but I don't want people – I want people to be feel, feel free to vote for who you want to vote for, even though I don't like I, – I make it clear I, the Democrats really have pissed me off more than anybody because the Democrats, they have been playing to be black people's friend, and then and meanwhile they're stabbing them in the back. But at the, at the same time, I don't think black people understand politics enough nor do I think they understand how to to use politics to their advantage enough. As proof of the Georgia Senate, what happened last night, black people in uh, Georgia went out in droves. After Joe Biden had said on a phone call, he literally, I mean, he literally bashed the the, the civil rights leaders. But black people went out in droves and voted, voted two senators in from the Democratic Party. There is no way you can win doing that kind of uh, nonsense. You have to say, hey, this is what we demand and which party is going to meet it. But black people don't do that. They, they say, well, we're just going to vote for the Democrats. And that's, that, to me, is a lack of understanding politics and a lack of understanding well, how to wield your political power. Just you had to have a lot of whites. You had to have a lot of whites that voted for them too, because blacks cannot, blacks are not dominant believe, in those states. They make well, up about well, thirty some odd percent area, in uh, it, Georgia. I get what you. Yeah, I but, get what you're saying. I agree yeah. with you. But what happened, I believe, is in the you're you're having an influx. And I was in Atlanta last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, every Uber driver I talked to was telling me about gentrification, but it was interesting. What the gentrification was not just white people. 
it was celebrities who were moving in, flooding in from New York and L.A. and stuff like they were trying to make uh, Georgia like a black Hollywood, kind of like a black Hollywood or whatever. And you mm-hmm. could see Georgia was in such influx. I mean, you could see there there was problems in Georgia right right then and there. I mean, they were people, almost every Uber driver told me how they would have these, they had the Super Bowl, and allegedly they put people, they hid homeless people, which were homeless people. In the oh, state. yeah, they did, the that, they did that during the Olympics, too. They gave, uh, yes. it was a black mayor, they gave the homeless yes. a one-way ticket out of Atlanta. But let's get yes. back to the other things, too. Yeah. Let's get it back was, to the politics. Real but quick on the, the politics. politics. But what we're yeah. talking about is the politics because what let I'm me tell you who runs the state. Georgia yeah. was sitting up, setting up for that. It's been yeah. setting up for a long time for G- to go Georgia. Democrat. Georgia, well, they're not Democrats. They they made see not yet. those those two senators ran statewide, so they had to yeah. have whites vote for them too. Blacks could not agree if it was, could not done it. Also, the state legislature in Georgia in all the southern states. Are red. They're Republican because mm-hmm. you voting districts and blacks are in certain districts like DeKalb County, and you know, right. but they don't cover the whole state. So that's right. just the way it is. But tonight on this thing here, Trump and and the the Congress, he what they were supposed to do according to the Constitution is take those ballots from the states that they have an issue with, take them back to the state legislators and say, you got to straighten this out. We have evidence of voter fraud and other malfeasance. you supposed to straighten it out. Mike Pence was not going to do that. I don't know where Trump thought Mike well, Pence gr- was going to do that. You agree with you on Mike Pence now. Not only Mike Pence, Barr, Trump done a bad job of picking people for his cabinets and that, but... Uh, Yes. You know, I guess that's all that's there. Yeah, he, he made a very big mistake. He took a lot of neocons into his cabinet when he should have really looked for the, 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 those because his support came from the Ron Paul part of the party. And I think he got, because the neocons had so much control and so much power that they they were like, hey, you got to take this person or you got to take, and Trump what? we yielded to them. Which was a bad move because now they mm-hmm. ousted him. Well, I understand that, and I think mm-hmm. we do. But the thing is, is that they swore into the United States Constitution, and they are not living up to that. That's what. See, this is not about Trump. It no matter. Mm-hmm, it, no. it no matter who was in the presidency, and this kind of thing is going on with ballots, then right. it has to be straightened out. Now, my suggestion. Is they have a separate ballot for federal candidates, separate of the state and local government candidates, mm-hmm. because you cannot make these states do right. We just seen that. Actually, you know who's supposed to make the legislators do the right thing? The people. Oh, yeah, that's the true. I, well, hey, I agree with that. I, I've been. Pre- I've, actually, that's what this today was about. Because I feel that's why I'm not. I don't see this has an embarrassment. I don't want violence ever. But I don't see it as an embarrassment when the people go and say to go to the Capitol and march to the Capitol and say, Listen, you better listen. They should be shaking in their boots right now. They should be scared. They should be very afraid. Well you know That's what's gonna happen, don't you? You know what's gonna happen? Yeah. You're gonna we're gonna have a blacklist created. And on that oh, yeah. list is gonna be the politicians 
who are not living up to the Constitution. Damn the campaign promises. You know they lied. They always have been lied. Look what they've been right. telling black folks all these times. But this is a case where you're supposed to live up to that Constitution. I want to know who they are. If I'm in a district where I can vote against them, I'm voting against them. And the 70-some-odd million, 74 million that came out and voted for Trump November the 13th should take heed to this. And wherever they go back in the country, they do the same thing. Get that person, send them a packet. Anyway, oh, one other thing, real quick, real quick. Go ahead. Real quick. George Floyd is not no hero for me. Why would I have a person with a criminal rap sheet as long as a newspaper as a hero? That should be making Rosa Parks roll over in her grade. I get in an argument with some people about that. Why do you use criminals? I don't know. Here's my thing. I don't I don't agree with you on that. I don't agree with him not being a I'm not he's not a hero to me. I don't like what happened to him. And it doesn't matter to me what his background is. I didn't like was. what happened to Emmett Till. Yeah, I agree with that too. I didn't like that either. But what I what what I what what I will say, I think what happened is they made him a symbolism of why what the problems that we do have with police brutality in America. Because to I do understand. that, come to find out, I, I, I think these guys knew each other. I think it's deeper than that, to be honest. I well, think they probably they did. They worked at the same clothes, club for the 20 years. George knew him, too. But the man yeah, was on was drugs. He was on fentanyl and other drugs. His heart had restrictions in the antora and so on. So even just with the fentanyl, he couldn't uh, would have a problem with his respiratory system. But the thing is, and I'm but, saying but this, this man's a criminal. No excuse for him to put that. I get what you're saying, but there's he might no not should have. Well, I tell you what, the first there's criminal, no the first criminal job he did when they broke in, six of them broke in on that white woman. They should still be in jail on that. Just like the black men down in Arkansas that decapitated her two boys in front of her because she didn't have no money in drugs, they should also still be in jail too. Matter of fact, they should be facing the death penalty. I'm, well, I'm see, sorry. Yeah, I'm just I, I, I can't. I get what you're saying, but I'm not. I'm not here to argue. So my thing is that people, you have to treat people no matter what he was out of jail, no matter what his background was for. They are the authority, and so when you're the authority, you have a certain you you have a certain way to act. You do not put your knee on somebody's neck and just sit there. And when he's well, telling you he couldn't breathe, so I just well, I, feel I agree. That I understand what you're saying. And that was they are the authority. My, you're right. They're so the authority. Well, why come people don't respect authority? People don't respect I authority. I respect authority too, but authority loses respect when they fail to deliver justice. You know how that goes when you if you it goes two ways. So if authority cannot set, hold up the scales of justice, people will start to start stop respecting it. Well, that's so why they supposed I, to. That's why they supposed to comply and go to court. That's where the scales of justice stand it. blindfolded, <laughs> in the court, not on the streets. Anyway, I'll see you later. I get you. I get you. All right. Thank you for calling me. Yeah. I mean, but it's just like I, I have to disagree with that. It's like Castillo. He wasn't doing anything. He was a. He worked at a cafeteria. I mean, some some cop was just angry that day. I've had that happen to me. As a, I'm a, a woman. I've had cops a couple of times where I've had bad run-ins with cops, and I've been nice, totally nice. <laughs> and so, but I, I think I met a cop on a bad day, and it's just a blessing that nothing happened. 
<laughs> it's a blessing that anything didn't anything happen. I mean, it just it. And sometimes, and and two cops defense on here, because I, I, I always say, I because I, I got friends who are who are police officers and who who are black. So to their defense, they are working these streets, and it's shit. It's scary. <laughs> shit, they be. They sometimes be scared of shit. That's the straight up. That some of these, some of the times, it's not even. I know it's hard for us as black people to re- believe because the system of racism has been so intertwined with uh, police brutality. Because the South uh, did uh, use police, uh, policemen and sheriffs and everything to do horrendous things to black people. The history of, of police in America and black people has not been a good one. But to the defense of some cops, some cops are just afraid when they get out on those streets and they're not trained very well. And they don't mean to shoot nobody. They're scared. They're scared of shit. I'm just telling you what it is. You know, that that's uh, to some to their defense. But I'm not trying to take up for cops who are bad seeds, and there's a lot of them who are race soldiers within the uh, police department because there's a lot of them and who uh, want to just terrorize communities. That's not the thing to do, okay? I don't think that's right. I don't think that's fair. And I've been a victim of that, and I don't like that, <laughs> right? So, uh, and I've had a brother who was a victim of that. My, I had a brother. My brother was just stopping one night to help an accident. And my brother almost got uh, got hurt by a police officer because he came over to just see if everybody was okay. To, to, the police weren't even there yet. I think my brother showed up and just tried to see if they were okay, and they tried to arrest my brother. It was crazy. And my brother, they almost, and if my brother, my brother is respectful. So if they hadn't, if my brother hadn't been respectful, they would have had me on their ass if they did anything to my brother. That's some real shit. <laughs> Okay, so they they didn't want the smoke. So just thank God. <laughs> All right, so you guys, we are talking about. I am talking about today what happened at the Capitol building. Um, listen, um, I think that we are failing to understand that. It isn't so much sometimes all it's it's all the time in America. There's racial issues around the things. Okay, I, I understand that, but I want us also to understand that we are going into a world where um, the Congress has been taken over, both parties. I just read this. Uh, let, me, let me explain something because I'm, I'm going into something with this one. But this is according to Politico.com, and this is an article from them about a couple of years ago. It says, members of Congress took small business loans, and the full extent is unknown. No, this was actually this year in June. It says at least four members of Congress have reaped benefits in some way from the half a trillion dollar small business loan program they helped create. And no one knows how many more there could be. It's a bipartisan group of lawmakers who have acknowledged close ties to companies that have received loans for the, for, for, uh, from programs. Businesses that are either run by their families or employ their spouses as senior executives. Republicans on the list include Representative Roger Williams of Texas, a wealthy businessman who owns auto dealerships, body shops, car washes. Representative Vicki Hassler of Missouri, whose family owns multiple forms and equipment suppliers in the Midwest. The Democrats count Rep. Uh, Susie Lee of Nevada, whose, whose husband is CEO of a regional casino developer. 
and Representative Debbie McCurl Sale Powell of Florida, whose husband is an executive at a restaurant chain that has since um, since returned the loan. Okay, and there are almost certainly more, according to aides and lawmakers. But the only Small Business Administration and Treasury Department have that information, and the Trump administration is refusing to provide any details. Okay, so this this I'm gonna just while I'm reading this particular article about this because these people that are in Congress right now, Republicans and Democrats, are in the hands of big business, okay? They've taken loans, they have businesses, and everything. Politics, and the reason I'm reading, the reason I read this article on both sides, politics is big business. And I've said time and time again on this show that you cannot let uh, let the politicians just go to uh, the House and the Senate and not hold them accountable. Because these people will do whatever they need to do to survive, okay? They don't even, they, they at a certain point, all of them become corrupted and don't care about you, the people, anymore. Today, I believe what we saw is an exercise of we, the people. We, the people, kept saying, listen, here, a lot of the people were saying they thought the, the, the votes were off and to do something about it. Now, what we saw was a liberal takeover in the media. All the liberal media was saying, you know, they're crazy. There's not a, uh, there's the, there's no, uh, this is a conspiracy theory. Nobody is uh, taking, uh, did the election. The only, th- only thing they had to do was count the votes over, set, verify the signatures. It was very easy. Lawmakers in different cities refused to let them do that. Let the, it was simple. Look at the signatures. Investigate to make sure that nobody threw out ballots. Those are simple requests. Simple requests that these lawmakers, because they're embarrassed in their certain places, they don't want to find out that they've been, they've been, did not want to do. And this is what caused the uprising. Because today, also, you had, and then you also had that Senate runoff where Democrats have won the Senate, okay? So these people are really on edge because they're thinking, there goes our guns. There goes uh, uh, what our business is because Joe Biden is going to shut us down again. There goes, this is all the fears that they are having in their head. Just like we have fears as black people when we be like, you know what, uh, hey, this is, uh, this is uh, messed up in these streets. We ain't, uh, you know, they up here trying to kill us and all this stuff. Or we go out here for our rights and everything. They were doing. They were trying to exercise the same thing. Now, the difference is white supremacy has a complexion for the protection. I understand that. If it was black people, our asses wouldn't have never, ever even, we wouldn't have made it to the dope, okay? <laughs> we wouldn't have made it on the lines of the Capitol, <laughs> right? But we can learn from, what you can learn from these, uh, from these, these people who went up there to march today is that <clears throat> their liberty is everything to them. Their freedoms is everything to them. And black people be coming, be coming from the background and the history of, of institutionalized uh, racism uh, and slavery, we should be able to comprehend that. We should have an understanding of freedom being everything to us. That doesn't mean we have to agree with what happened today, but that means we need to sometimes stand back and just observe. Okay, Don't say anything on either side. Republicans are Democrats, okay, because both are white supremacist groups, by the way, okay, in America. 
So sometimes we need to observe the white supremacist group, and sometimes we need to sit back and just say, I mean, we we need not to be so emotional about the choice. Like I like I saw us out dance, people dance. I saw a celebrity put up something about the other day. They put up uh, in Georgia, and this is and I'm all over the place a little bit right now, but trust me, I'm I'm going somewhere with this. But they put up in Georgia that they, you got snacks, you got food, you got this and that. Now go vote. I'm like, what the fuck? What is this about? This ain't about no snacks. What the fuck is you talking about? Snacks and food and everything like that. Who gives a shit about snacks? This is not about snacks. I think, and a lot of celebrity, I've talked about this. Have been they've been they've been really big on the the votes and um in uh the uh in Georgia and stuff like that and they're cheering the Georgia wins and stuff and all this stuff. Again, part of the reason celebrity and celebrities even cheering some people talking about their grassroots. They're not grassroots. A lot of them are getting made are, are pushed by organization, uh financial uh, uh well to do white liberal organizations, okay? So um Grassroots are people on the ground, people who are really in the thick of things and really know what's happening and stuff like that. Um, the the whole thing is this, that we have to do politics as black people differently. And I think today that doesn't mean we just have to, uh, I mean, because part of what got the attention this summer from Black Lives Matter was the riot. Part of America's uh, America's language and getting things done, America always has to have a tinge of violence. It's history, okay? Uh, what happened today? Again, I said it was very American. When people are pushed to the brink, they they will rebel. That's just life. People are going to do that. And another thing is, I said black people don't understand revolution. Revolution, America was built. A lot of black people, you'll talk to us, and this is for my people. I'm talking to y'all tonight. A lot of times we will uh, we will talk, we look, uh, looking, being all upset about what's happening, but we don't understand the history of America, how America came to be. You do understand America was once a colony, a colony of Great Britain. I'll say it again, a colony of Great Britain. America got tired of taxation without representation. Look up the Boston Tea Party, okay? And America was like, fuck you, king. We ain't paying no more taxes to your ass, okay? As a matter of fact, we about to declare our fucking independence. This is America. America was out, was built on rebellion. As a matter of fact, the pilgrims that came over, okay, we we already know all the stories about America, but let's look at it. Let's let's take out the crazy racial part of it, okay? They came over fleeing, fleeing persecution. <laughs> so now listen, listen when you hear all of this, how this is all building up, okay? So you have them fleeing, coming over, taking over territory from the Native Americans, okay? sometimes working with them, okay, and read about what happened in the Revolutionary War. Then think about the Civil War. There was an argument north and south. North and south were arguing over 
time of money, the South was doing good because the South had slaves. The northern had northern part had industry. Okay, now there was already contention about slaves because abusing people as slaves was just fucking ridiculous. And you're talking about we the people uh, see all equal, and you're calling the people a th- you're calling black people a third of a person. But um, the Civil War, the American turns in on itself in a fight not only about money, but in a fight about slavery. This is America, freedom and liberty, fighting over slaves, people succeeding from you. You don't know where, do you know where the fuck you live? <laughs> so understand the his, history of what, how this country was built, and you wouldn't be surprised about today. As a matter of fact, if you read a constitu, if you read the Constitution, you would not be surprised about today. Today is very American. Americans, after uh, Americans, have the Second Amendment that tells them to form militias, to build. You have a right to protect your property. And protect your rights. Now, who do you think they would say and protect them from? Now, there have been lots of arguments in, throughout history about what was a, what were, were what's the Second Amendment really about. Some people say, well, they just wanted Americans to be able to protect themselves from other people taking their property. But more than likely, this was a protect because of the four four founding fathers and where they came from and their background. My opinion is I lean towards the idea that they wanted to you to protect yourself from government. The whole American Constitution is made up about checks and balances. We, the people, checks and balances. If you get out of line, we will come for you. Okay. Back in the day they had muskets, but today they got all kind of shit. <laughs> okay. So... Today, what I saw, when I saw Congress up there shaking and scared, that's how they should be. That's how they should be because they have forgotten that they work for the people. You have forgotten that you work for the people. You think you work for big business. You think you work for technology, technocrats. You do not. You work for the people, and we will come for you if you do not listen to us first. You will have anarchy because that's what happens when you have a democracy and you fail to listen to the people. And it even happens this with us too, black people, because black people, we are citizens too. This is our, this is America is ours more than anybody. Our soul is in the ground. So when we have grievances, we have the right to protest too. And what these people did today you might have been looking at it saying, well, if this was black people, I get it. I get all of that. But they also set precedence for you. So when you do have to march to the Capitol for your rights, when you do have to march on the next George Floyd, when you do have to march for, your, for black businesses to, uh, to, uh, to get the support that uh, white businesses get, or when you do have to uh, do politics, for uh for black for black people you can see this has precedence. You can say, Hey, remember when them white folks signed the Capitol? We got the right to do we got the right to t- to tell to tell y'all off too. 
So I know you're saying, but we, Carlotta, we can't do that. We black in America. They'll kill us. Well, let me tell you something. You are steeped in bloodshed. Do you want comfort under white supremacy? Or do you want freedom from white supremacy? These are the questions you got to ask yourself. If you want comfort, then go over there and fucking follow the celebrities all day long and vote when they tell you to vote and just think it's all about voting because it's not just all about voting. It's about understanding the politics and politicians in which you put in office and holding them accountable and holding their fucking feet to the fire. Oh, you can best believe it's going to be fallout from all. For these Republicans They know See that's why they're Now they're going to Try to make What they're going to Try to do is set These 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 people today That went up on the hill As an example Because what we're, we're Seeing now Is now there is a fight That's coming in Now it's about Not just shutting down Black people But now it's about Shutting down people There's a certain group Of, uh, of people Of powers that be Who want to shed, Who don't want people To have um, They want to take away Your rights they want you to be less, uh, you to have less freedom, okay? They want you, I mean, part of the thing, I was reading about Hitler the other day, and part of the thing, one of the things that Hitler did is that Hitler, he made sure that he took guns, the Jews' guns away. He didn't want them to be able to protect themselves. And a lot of times we see that, we look at that as conspiracy theory and stuff like that, but sometimes when you see government implementing laws like gun laws and, and stuff like this, it gives the people less and less control and less and less power, and it may, gives government more power, okay? But this is not a government that the, peop- that the government's in control. This is a government where the people are in control. And we have to be careful from outside interference, which is we got, now we got globalists and big business trying to uh, invoke laws that make it harder for the American people to invoke their rights. And when it makes it harder for the American people, well, it'll make it really hard for the black American people, okay? So we want to – so I, this is my – I hope you guys are understanding me tonight – we always want to be on the side of liberty and freedom, even when it's not working for us. I know this is hard when I say this. I mean, it's so hard for black people to understand because they like, what? what do you mean? We always want to be on the side of liberty and freedom because we don't want anybody to take away from us our right to talk against a white supremacist system our right to to come up against the system, our right to say, you will not do this. We don't want to. So today, I, in some senses, I watched the show and I enjoyed the show because to me it was democracy at work. So the next time black people are marching in the streets and you see the National Guard come, you have, you know that that is, hey, we've got precedence now, and the world has seen precedence. This is, because see, part of what happened in the civil rights uh, movement was King was able, he did the nonviolent thing for a moment because black people, the world got to see black people getting beat up and get killed and hung, and the world started looking at America like they're monsters. Oh, my God, what are they doing? These black, poor black people aren't even fighting back. Oh, my God, and they had to do something. 
white supremacy then went underground because the world saw how hideous America had become towards black Americans. Now, it didn't go away. It went underground. And white supremacists on both sides start operating in shadow work, okay, in the shadows. So now you have white supremacists who, which I like my white supremacists out and in, in, in my face <laughs> because I like to see you and not hit you hiding behind agendas and pretending to be my friend, okay? But black people, now we, we've got to realize that, that they went underground. And now you have to fight. Now you're here. And now the mood mood has changed. Now it's when you're fighting for your rights, because they saw today, today they saw the Trump supporters climb buildings. The world saw that. The world saw the Trump supporters break in the Capitol building for just to get the votes recapped. Now you like that? I mean, we black people, we be fighting for our lives. We be fighting against police brutality. We be fighting against um, uh, uh, just a citizenship, a fair and equal citizenship, and stuff like that. So the next time you have something even more deeper to go fight for, the world doesn't look at you so crazy because they saw what they did today, and that's why I'm for them. What they did today. They just set up precedence for us to begin, begin to get our rights heard, but we cannot get our rights heard if they take away everybody's rights. And that's what's getting ready to happen. It's getting ready to be a psyop. Because now it's getting so that the powers that be don't even care about white, don't even care about, the, when we're talking about eugenics, white supremacy in some senses is used for a shield for eugenics. And so when we're we're talking about, Eugenists at some point may even throw away the ideas of white supremacy in terms of uh, how we uh, will start to see the world in terms of um, um, the haves and the have-nots, the survival of the fittest things will start to come in, which they already are here. But they, they want to change our perspective. Of things and how we see each other, and part of that is in, in in chipping away at the rights of the individual, especially in America. America is the global uh, representation of freedom, and you have to uh, destroy that if you want a society that is controlled. You cannot have America run around talking about we the people. We run it because America influences the world in terms of freedom and ideas. And so these powers that be see the people as not the people being controlled as a better method for them, a better situation for them than the people rising up against them. Okay? So this is this just this is just my opinion on it. This is just my opinion on what I thought today. I know some people were not gonna like what I had to say. And that's okay. I'm cool with it. I'm cool. I'm I mean, I'm open for correction. Okay? I'm open for, you know, what if you guys disagree with me, you guys know how y'all can hit me up. I see some of y'all on the phone line if you want to hit the one and you want to talk, that's fine. But this is just my thoughts on the situation today. 
I see it as uh, I see I see it as more than just uh, them going to. Um, uh, I see I see them as just more than attacking the Capitol building. I didn't think it was an attack. I thought it was a a, 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 a direct warning to the Congress and the Senate that re- a reminder that we it's we the people and. It was white people reminding them of it. <laughs> Which is a different, a more scarier thing for them, okay? Because what they understand about white white supremacy is white supremacy has never been enslaved. So they don't have the mindset that we do. White supremacy ain't like, ain't built like us. See, the slavery kind of messed up our mindset, and we're re-educating our, we're trying as black people to re-educate our mindset, and it's a lot of us that ain't trying to re-educate it, but it's a lot of us who are. And so they, the, what the Congress understood today is them white supremacists ain't playing. When they come up and warn you, and I, it was so funny, I saw on the TV afterwards, it was this white guy, and he had a Navy hat on, and he had his thing on, and he was like, well, you know, I wouldn't say uh, today was about violence. No, uh, we were just letting them know that we need to be heard. We just come to let them know, and we'll be here in the morning too. Meaning that they that and you and, and meaning and you can see I was I was laughing because I said, "Wow, that is white supremacy in its <laughs> in its highest." But it's also democracy in some ways at work. So uh, they, you know, they built a system based on total, a system based based on freedom, which is very hard for us to understand when we were enslaved in the system. They used our slavery and our labor to labor to ensure their freedom, and sometimes that makes it difficult for us to understand. To, we're we're caught up in between a quagmire. We don't understand. You know, we're like, okay, we were enslaved in this system, but yet now we have freedom, and now we need to act outside. To, now we need to act like cit- citizens instead of slaves. Slaves, but yet they're still trying to stop our citizenship. But because we're fighting so many battles, so it's hard to see between all the smoke. But the truth is we need to act like citizens now. And we see how citizens act. That's all how citizens act today. Black people, they don't ask for I heard was that I I saw somebody say today on Twitter, they this ain't about them asking for power, they they taking it. <laughs> and what this is gonna do is swing Biden to the right if Biden if Biden takes office. It's going to make Biden become very conservative. That left wing of the party ain't going to have no thing because they know it's 70-some million people out here that just fucking attacked the whatchamacallit building. And the only way that you're going to shut them down is to speed up an authoritative authoritative government. And y'all don't want that to happen, okay? So uh, very interesting, which I wouldn't be surprised if they did that either, okay? So very interesting. I'm gonna. I wanted to talk about that and how I felt about that today. And I hope I made myself clear. When I come back, I'm gonna talk a little bit more about uh, some other things I saw today with it. But I also want to talk about uh, some. Get into the part two of the um, 
of the news I was supposed to talk about from last week, so I'm going to do that too in a minute, a moment. I'm going to take a break, but I hope y'all get the conversation, and I hope y'all don't feel uh, like I am, um, well, I'll explain that when I get back, because I, I know some people get so angry with these type of conversations, and I know people take it personal. I take it personal because it's about my people, I'm especially black uh, uh, Native Americans. I am about that life when it comes to my people. I, I want to see my people win. And I, I listen to different different perspectives of conservative. I can listen to conservative perspectives and I can listen to liberal perspectives. But what I do, I do say that I do have a dis, total dislike right now for a lot of Democrats because what I've seen them do to black America. Not that I, I get like black Republicans that much, but what I've seen black America having seen that last night black America literally delivered to Joe Biden and Kamala Harris the Senate Senate seats. And all Joe Biden could tell them a couple of weeks before on the phone was what he wasn't going to do and what you need to do. And you need to partner with this and you need to do this. I don't have any respect for that kind of bullshit whatsoever, Talk, talking to black people like that when black people b- virtually deliver to you the fucking election. So, no, I don't, I, don't, I don't take lightly to a bunch of fucking celebrities and other people because celebrities have the, are the most I see out here using, using and wielding their little power. And I'm like, yeah, thank you. Uh, and it made me, let me tell you something, it's made me rethink a lot of things. Let me tell you, first of all, I, you know, it made me rethink the other night even celebrities I like. I was like, you know, I'm about to unfollow this motherfucker. <laughs> I was really that angry because I was like, you know, I, I just not that I'm angry at the idea. It's just that I, I, I'm, I, I'm angry with most people. It's not when they don't have an understanding of what's going on. If they can intelligently tell me why they're doing it, then I get it. But when they don't, if they, they can't intelligently tell me why they're promoting uh, black, asking black people to do certain things and that have kept black people down for the last 50 to 60 years, then I got a problem with that. And and, and specifically, uh, I've been seeing that a lot with the celebrity runoffs and all that stuff. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that when I get back. I'm going from going into that into uh, something else now. But, you know, y'all know how I be rambling on here shit. <laughs> okay, we'll talk about that and a whole lot more when I get back. Meanwhile, we got to play some music because I know y'all need a break from my ass. Okay, so let's see. Um, what was I, I was something I was going to play before. I really, damn it, I done forgot what I was going to play. Y'all know. Okay. Okay, we'll we'll start off with uh, Raphael Sadiq, Never Gonna Give You Up. I'll be back in just a moment, y'all, okay? She walks, it really drives me crazy I think I like 
you know, we are t- I've been talking about the uh, situation that happened today, uh, the Capitol at, uh, being uh, seized upon by citizens or uh, thugs or whatever you, because they call us thugs, <laughs> right? But, uh, I, you know, I don't think it's we're thugs when we do that. Um, listen, because what you're dealing with with black people when black people fight for their right, and usually some, the only thing I, I, they had an aim. Uh, black people, the only thing is with us, we you know, the, the aim should should not be the stores and stuff like that. But I think that happens because of during we're dealing also with the impoverished community and a huge wealth gap in the community and that and part of the reasoning for that is uh uh the history of black people in America which is slavery and uh, institutionalized racism that has put black people at a disadvantage in their in their finances in their and econo- economics and every on, on on a lot of levels of life um so today when um that happened uh, I don't want people to think that I'm for violence. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that sometimes that um, that these things happen because Americans have been pushed to the brink, and this is what all politicians should be afraid of. I just watched politicians before I got on here. They were all talking about, well, thank God for the Capitol Police that protected us. That instead of they should have been on their faces crying and asking for forgiveness to, from the American people, that we have went on vacations, we have paid, we have bought businesses, we have sold out to big businesses, and this is the reason this country is at a divide. We have failed the American people, and the American people should be ashamed too because we have allowed them to do this because we, we keep re, re putting them back in office, and, and they're not doing their job. And just like and black people, we responsible too for how we use wield our power. We just sent two Democrats, two two Democrats to the Senate to give Democrats the control of the Senate and the House. When did when Joe Biden just told us we gonna have the team with the Mexicans to get anything done? Yes, he did. When Joe Biden just told us, well, you know, I. I don't who I you know I I can't do that. He was basically excusing, already making excuses for why he can't do anything for the, the community. Well, I'm not gonna sign that. But I'm not gonna. We're we're not. You're not talking to fund the police. He was just saying all kinds of things, okay, on that phone call. So, my thing is, you didn't ask for anything beforehand, and make sure they held their feet to the fire. And now these people are coming into office. You get you delivered a coup. You delivered well. You the first one. I don't believe you delivered. But last night, you delivered to them a chance to bring in immigrants, skilled workers on your head when you're not skilled. You're working mostly in service jobs. The wealth gap between whites and blacks so larger than it's ever happened. And whites. I read an article. Let me pull this up. Let me worry. Pull this up because why I'm going off tonight. And then I get under Pluto return too here in a minute, but uh, what the astrologers are saying about Pluto return? I'm going to try to have an astro- one of the astrologers on, maybe Apollonia or something, to ask her, talk to her about what she thinks about Pluto return uh, 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 and how it's affecting us right now. But um, being this being America's Pluto return, but let me see. I want to. I want you guys. I want to talk about what I read today about, and I think I saw Yvette Cornell tweet this too. Um, 
I'm going to try to pull it up here, you guys, so just a second here. I was going to save it for Saturday show, but y'all know. Okay. White American wealth hits high on a pandemic stock surge, okay? This is according to Bloomberg Wealth. It says, track the forces driving change. Uh, oh, it says the net worth of white Americans, excuse me, hit a record high last year, driven by a stock market rebound, rebound that defined, defined, uh, defies the pandemic, while other ethnic groups saw their share of the nation's wealth decline, according to recently released data from the Federal Reserve. Wealth held by white households rose to $98.6 trillion in the third quarter of 2020. The amounts of 84.6% of the total uh, the biggest share in three years. By contrast, the portion of overall wealth held by black Americans fell to 3.8%, down from 4.4% two years earlier, while Hispanic Americans, it dropped to 2.1%, okay? Uh, the shift was largely driven by stock markets. White households own almost, and I bet now when you talk about black Americans, I bet included in that is is immigrant black Americans. And when you take immigrant black Americans out of that number, we are at the bottom, okay? Just telling y'all that shit right now, okay? Uh, the shift was largely driven by stock markets. White household own Ameri- almost 90% of corporate equities and mutual funds, which posted a $2 trillion jump in value during the third quarter. Meanwhile, assets held by other groups proved more vulnerable to the coronavirus slump. Wealth held by Hispanic households in the form of business ownership, for example, slumped by almost one, per- one quarter from a year to earlier to $188 billion, the lowest since 2013. Non-Hispanic white people uh, account for about 60% of the U.S. Population. The figure has been declining in the long t- longer term. One reason why the white share of national wealth has dropped from 92%. In 2000, white Americans are also older on average than other groups, meaning they have more time to accum- accumulate wealth. Okay, so meanwhile, what basically this article is saying is white folks is running away with the fucking wealth, even in the pandemic, okay? And uh, for black America, you know what that means for us, okay? We are down... Native black American, low, 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 low. Okay, so uh, we can't afford to play games with the Democrats. We can't afford to be just giving our fucking power away like y'all did. And a lot of y'all don't even know these stats and stuff. And y'all be talking shit on internet, on Instagram and, and, and all this stuff, and you and, and you don't understand why you're voting. And this is the scary part. You keep putting people back into office who are not going to do shit for you. And I'm offended by that because you got folks up here trying to help you. You got new black media voices that have been really trying to help you. Trying to lead y'all out of the damn wilderness, but y'all don't want to go. Y'all keep running and listening to these fucking celebrities talking about snacks and chips and cookies. And dancing in the fucking street and saying we so we should overcome. It's enough. And then y'all running getting it. What you what what happened last night is you let white supremacy, the white liberal side of the supremacy, 
because there's two in America. We got white liberal supremacists, supremacists, and we got white conservative supremacists. You let the white liberal supremacists use you as a shield. You are now the face of this of this this thing they feel is a, is is a coup. All the inner cities is the face of this. Okay, which white liberals did that on purpose? They don't plan to give you anything, but they plan to put you on the front, the fucking front line to be the first one to to be your churches to be uh, uh, probably harassed this year, and uh, 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 Lord God forbid, what else is going to happen in, with Black America? Because they're because these people are going to think we are the reason. That their democracy is failing Now I don't mind being the reason For somebody thinking we're the, we're the reason For, for them uh, for certain things But when we ain't It ain't even winning for us When we are doing silly shit That's not even benefiting us We we got a problem We not even benefit. We are fighting white liberal supremacist battle. Well, we need to get out of the fucking way and let them duke it out. This is not your business, black people, but yet you're all up on Twitter and Instagram in it. This is a time when you need to sit back and let them two, these, both of these groups fight it out, duke it out. And you need to understand how to play chess. The one who's fighting for you, so for, for the overall rights or to, for, for speaking out for certain things that would benefit us, we ain't got to necessarily be their friend, but we can understand. We we might say, you know what? We gonna we might have to take take sides here because the only way you are gonna be able to fight white supremacy is you ain't gonna fight with white supremacy and globalism and our Orwellian government. No, you're not gonna. Ain't nobody gonna be fighting. It's gonna be the state, and that's it. And the states are rules. But when you understand what that 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 that, um, that an overall agenda is like that, then you will understand where you stand. Remember, here's my my favorite thing. Remember in the Boondocks, there was this. If you guys ever watched the Boondocks, Aaron Magruder's Boondocks, this is one of my favorite uh, things in the Boondocks. Where Aaron Magruder is, I mean, where where Huey, the character of Huey, who's a little, who's a white, um, I mean, he's a black, uh, militant kid, young kid. He is being interviewed by this guy who's saying, why aren't you Huey? Aren't you happy? There is a black president, you know, talking about Barack Obama. He said, what does this mean to you? And Huey looks at him and says, the end of America. <laughs> and Huey's like, I'm retired. <laughs> like he And black people are getting, Huey's on the thing, uh, sitting on a bench one day, and people are getting mad at him because he's not excited about Barack Obama being the president because he understands the fundamental change. He understands What's underneath uh, him becoming president? He understands the 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 little the politics, and he finds himself weirdly enough on the side of Uncle Ruckus. Now, it's not because Huey believed uh, believed for the reasoning of Uncle Ruckus. He, Uncle Ruckus and Huey had two different reasonings. Uncle Ruckus was coonish, but Huey was like. I see the downfall of America too. Why a ruckus was seeing it for a different reason, Huey was seeing it for another reason. That's how I feel. <laughs> I feel just like Huey. I feel like, oh my God, we we are seeing the 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 end. 
almost, and I'm hoping not. But man, I don't know. I think we're 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 going to see a lot of upheaval, and a lot. I've been hearing and going into this uh, what astrologists have been talking about. Um, let me go into this too before I get into the. Uh, because I'm going to talk about power and stuff a little later on. I know y'all want me to talk about that. But uh, I saw a great uh, article on uh, com. Cielo Winter, how do you prepare prepare for Pluto, uh, Pluto return? And she says the best thing we can do right now to gear up for the for the is to gear up for the long haul. Because uh, right now people are saying a lot of astrologists are talking about this being America's Pluto return, and this may be a lot of why. A lot of these things are happening, okay? And it says a word of strength, and in this uh, uh, in this and in this moment, possibility. We always have options in the face of deep challenges. Maybe we resist completely, hide and scurry away the, under our metaphoric blankets, hoping that others will take care of the dirty work for us. Perhaps we get loud and speak out against activating the fight uh, instinct without really knowing where to direct our angst, or maybe we can. Uh, orient ourselves in a center of gravity that can withstand any storms and storms they are coming. Okay, and, and she goes on and says, you've most likely heard of a Saturn return. This is when Saturn returns to where it is in your natal birth chart approximately, approximately every 27 years, okay? Do you remember your life during the ages 27 to 30? It's not an easy bridge to cross, and maybe you're living it now or you've already weathered through it. A Saturn return brings... With it, a sobering process of aligning to your truth, revelation of dharma, or pain uh, elements of karma along the way. Now let's take this to the ninth degree. Meet the Pluto return. Approximately every 247 years, this later of the falls completes a cycle around the sun, returning to where it met a particular birth of an event of sorts. Since as humans we currently have a lifespan of 100 years plus or minus, we will not personally experience a Pluto return within our individual astrological chart. Maybe if you are lucky, you will have a Pluto transit over the sun, moon, or ascendant, which will give you just enough death, rebirth, or transformation to kick you into high gear for the rest of your years. However, the birth of a nation has the opportunity to experience this phenomenon and our beloved country, the United States, is heading towards its 247th year in the near future. It is not every day that we will experience such a radical Pluto, uh, Pluto conjunction ringing throughout the collective. What does this mean? The term healing crisis applies here. We are going to be reconciling as a nation with our relationship to power. That's what you saw today, right? Uh, it's a time of confronting our past where we have walked as a people, what choices we have made since our democracy was proclaimed. Have we built a future on foundation of integrity? July 4, 1776, our government was established while Pluto was uh, transiting 27 degrees of Capricorn. Although we won't find Pluto exact to 27 degrees until February 20, 2022, we are now within its deepening and magnetic sphere of influence. The shifts are already taking place from within our bones. Okay. Simultaneously, as if this cosmic novella wasn't dramatic enough, he um, says Earth, Earth is a dwarf planet larger than Pluto, yet three times further away has entered into, onto the scene. And then she goes on to discover, talking about, um, well, let me read this part because you guys probably need to know this. Discovered in 2005, she made her interest known as a preview to coming attractions. January 27th of this year, her debut shocked the collective system as she. 
uh, squared the now infamous Pluto-Saturn conjunction, which opened up the stellar decade. Eris is the rival sister to Mars, referred to as the daughter of the night, and is known to the Romans as Discordia. Her realm is the underworld. Her element is power, and she will do anything to acquire, acquire it. Okay, so astrology is starting to say, hey, we are entering into the dark times. It's not, and it's not, it isn't surprising that a Scorpio is coming into power at this time, if he gets to come into power, because I think it could go either way. But a Scorpio coming into, because with it being the return, with the Pluto return too, could go well for, uh, could actually go well for uh, uh, Donald Trump, because we could see such upheaval that Donald Trump ends up being back in office, okay, that things may go to his way, okay. So, and a lot of astrologers or some astrologers are seeing, saying that's a possibility. And you also have the um, – uh, but then you also have a sense of of, of seeing uh, – when you're talking about Discordia and you're talking about the underworld and stuff like that, that is Scorpio Ram. And the last time I told you guys that 100 years ago, 1921 – Scorpio came to power, Warren Harding, okay? Now, he was beloved for the first two years of his uh, his uh, his uh, administration. He died while in office at 57 years old. Once he died, all kinds of scandals. Turned out he wasn't so great. <laughs> all kinds of scandals was uh, out about him, and he had done a whole lot of them, okay? So that's the last time that a Scorpio was in office. So it's interesting, Joe Biden, who is now coming to office, has a Scorpio, and uh, what will he bring to the table, okay? And, you know, mostly Scorpios have held the seat of president, so it's going to be very interesting. And when they are, it's always very transformative. So, uh but this also we got to remember it's the age of Aquarius, okay? Donald Trump is an air sign, so I don't know. This is going to be, and he's a Leo ascendant, so I'm really interested in how the astrologers feel about uh, what we're seeing astrologically on the field for what happened today. I think the astrologers are not surprised at all. As a matter of fact, they, most of them I was reading today was like, oh, we told we told you it was coming. <laughs> so I love this. I love uh, seeing it from the spiritual perspective, uh, not only uh, from the astro- astrological perspective, but people can look at it from the Christian perspective. Christians are saying, hey, it's the end times. We're, we're speeding up at the end times. So it, it's it's very interesting to see uh, what spiritual people all around the world and how they're seeing this perspective of America uh, kind of uh, burning within itself. Kind of very interesting, okay? All right, okay, so, guys, before I get into, uh, let's see this here. Before I get everything on that, before I get into um, this about, uh, this, uh, get into more this week about the celebrity news and stuff like that, I am going to take one, I think 314, let me see, it's back online, let me see this. Yes, you want for it. What's up? You want to say Hey, how you doing? Yeah, but that looked like that's what it was. But he got pictures from the one of the guys with damn it bare chest. Who? Hang on. You talking to me? Yes. You want for Yeah. You know, I was just gonna tell you. Uh huh. Word is coming out that that was Antifa that that breached the Capitol building. A lot of people are saying that. I don't know. Do you think it was? You don't think it was the Proud Boys? 
Well, no. I, I, I look. They had a picture of one of them with the shirt off. For uh-huh. one thing, this, this guy looked like he just walked out of World War Two. But he, I think he's got a hammer and a sickle tattoo on it. Wow. Yeah. So I just want so to put that out there. So you think it was Antifa? It's a possibility. You never know. You never know. Yeah, they done what they was gonna do. They 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 were just getting ready to vote on Arizona, so I understand. And then everything broke down, so it it's went on and carried it'll, it'll be interesting to see how it go. I mean, you know, I don't know. I, it's something strange about this election. I don't know. I, I still think we still got some more. Uh, we're gonna see some more stuff happen. Well, for that for that organization to still be leaning around here in the United States, and uh, you know they, I think one of their leaders, uh, fought, uh, hit people that one of the persons that people follow was uh, apprehended with ammunition, getting off a plane. But uh, you know those stories out there, people should do their own research. I, yeah, it could be. I think it could be either one. It could be Antifa, it could be Proud Boys. I wouldn't be surprised. At all, uh, you know. It, it, here's the strange thing: Republicans normally don't act like this, but I do think in this time, uh, conservatives normally don't. But in, in this time, oh, I can see conservatives acting like this because there's a threat against. I think conservatives get more up in arms when you threat, when they're feeling threatened economically. So I think I, I wouldn't be surprised that people are storming <laughs> when they feel well, like you know, the economy. They, they didn't bust out no windows. I guess it, those that wouldn't cover up with plywood, but uh, you didn't see that type of action. Yeah, well, there was. No, there was something on the side busting through the windows of the Capitol. Now, they went in there. No, I'm they talking took about in store buildings. I'm talking about regular shops. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, they, listen, I think because in those situations, I think we're talking, like I was talking about wealth and poverty, a different thing, a difference here. I think that though, what, what we saw today was an aim at a specific thing. That's mm-hmm. the difference. I think that when, and that's why I said sometimes we as black people don't understand revolution, because I think that when people, um, they are, when you're, when you're starting a revolution, they have specific aims. And I think uh, white America understands the revolution just a little bit better because it's it, it strategy a little bit better that way. I think that they said, hey, we're going straight for the Capitol because we got grievances with the Capitol. And so I think there is a there was an understanding of we – and I don't really – I don't know if there – I think there was a thing to get in there and to be – to disrupt the meeting. I don't think That's there was – That's what they done. That's yeah, exactly what I, they and did. they did that. They actually did, and they were taking pictures. And I also another thing I saw, I saw them actually taking pictures of paperwork and stuff while they were in there. Paperwork that was left behind. So I don't know what was going on there. You saw people actually grabbing papers that were left behind by the Congress and stuff because they rushed out of there so fast. And I saw that on OAN. I don't think most people were showing that, but uh, yeah, they they were taking pictures and all kind of stuff. So they may. It may be something they catch, they've caught within this uh, moment that comes out and turns everything around. That's why I'm just like, I'm not holding my breath for <laughs> Well, some of these guys, like, they were taking a picture, you know, about four or five of them. One guy didn't even have no shirt on. It's cold as hell in, in D.C. Well, so yeah. these these people must not be from the United States. I remember back during the riots in the summertime, and some of those whites was as pale as a damn goat in July. 
your and and that and a lot of people have said that they felt that there were other uh, people that were from brought over from other countries, and that's that Tifa thing too. Um, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to say. I mean, I think there's so many things, deceptions at so many levels going on right now. I, I you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they Tifa's said. Twitter on the council Donald Trump's account, but anyway, yeah. it is what it yes, is. They have for twelve days. Just learn something <laughs> from this. We'll be oh, back. Yes. All right. All right. Thanks. Thanks. Bye bye. Bye. Yeah. Now that's another thing. Twitter had uh, Twitter has canceled Donald Trump's thing for twelve days. I think that's censorship. I don't like censorship. I I I I'm, I'm, I hate censorship of any kind. Okay. So unless uh, it's uh, where you're where you're yelling out violence or threats or something like that, but I think that uh, the president of the United States this is this is how big I don't like the the the, the energy that technocrats are coming with I don't like it, and so uh, to me uh, that shouldn't be he he was just tweeting for people to stop at the Capitol building I mean to stop, and it, it, it and him giving a speech has to him feeling like he was cheated I don't think that. Provoke people. I know the media is saying that, but my personal opinion is that didn't provoke people to go. They was gonna go hit that, hit up that Capitol building no matter what. Okay, so I don't think that has anything to do with anything. Sorry, I know a lot of people mad at me tonight, and they think I'm a. You gonna think I'm a Republican after this? I'm. I told you I'm an independent with conservative leanings, but sometimes I also go very liberal. Okay, so. um it is what it is. You can think what you want. I don't have that kind of problem. I, that's, that's not my problem. <laughs> All right, so you guys, I'm going to leave this story, and I told you I was going to get on part two because y'all wanted me to hit up part two tonight of the uh, um, talking about uh, what we said we were going to talk about with, the, um, with celebrity news and gossip and stuff like that. Okay, first of all, this is a big switch from today. I know we we got we hyped about that conversation, but power two. <laughs> let's go. Let's start off with power two. Power two this week. If you did not see the season finale of Power Two, my God. Oh my God. God. Do we need a break and then I come back and discuss it? I think we need to clear the energy, get a break, and come back so I can tell y'all about Mary. Monet J. fucking Blige. Oh, my God. I call her Mary Monet J. Blige now. Monet because she was Monet in in, in Power 2. For those of you who watch Power 2, I cannot. Power 2, the last, this part of Power 2 was so good, so dope. (gasps) Oh, my God. I got to talk about it. I can't, I got to talk about it. I was going to save it till next week, but I got to talk about it. Okay, so we're going to clear the energy of this, uh, the, uh, the capital siege and stuff, and then we're going to come back and we're going to get into this celebrity, uh, the celebrity news, celebrity gossip, and the rest of the stuff I was going to talk about for part two. Let's do, let's see, what's the best way we can clear, clear the, uh, uh, the energy? Uh, let's see. Let me see, think of a good one that you guys can, uh, we can clear the energy with. Something happy. Oh, gosh. Let's see. Oh, nothing like Al Jarreau, right? Al Jarreau always makes me happy. Every Al Jarreau song makes me happy. <laughs> so here's Al Jarreau. Tell me what I got to do. It's the CC Show. I'll be back in a minute, y'all, okay?
tell me what I got to do. It's the CC Show. I am back. Okay, listen, guys. You know what? <laughs> I keep having to go back to this Capital Siege thing. And the reason I keep, you know, it be so much I be wanting to say to y'all. When I get on the show, I forget, like, what I'm really, what I'm really meant to say. <laughs> so what I'm going to do is, at the top of the show on Saturday, I'm going to have a little bit more time to think about my thoughts and think about what I want to say. And it may change by the time Saturday comes, okay? But uh, we'll talk about it. We'll pick this up again, the, 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 the talk about the capital siege. I'll, ha- I'll get to see it in a little bit more of a perspective and um, and be able to talk to y'all about it a little bit more, okay? You know, I just feel my mind is so many places on this. Uh, I, I feel so many ways about it, and I don't feel a certain way. You know what I'm saying? I, I just don't feel a certain I – don't, I don't feel – um, I, I I think here's what I want to end this this part of it with tonight. Black America is my like you know what I'm saying. I love all people. I love people. I got friends of all races. I got you know look at me sound like white people. You know what they say. I got white friends. I got black friends. But no, I have friends of all races. I got people I love of all different uh, races. I got in my family, you know, uh, my uh, my one of my my favorite people in my family. One of the people I'm closest to in my family is my aunt. She's Filipino, and I love her. I'm crazy about her. We talk all the time. So I have so many people in you know that I I I mean it's not just about. Uh, uh, just it's not hate, <laughs> and I've even told y'all here, shit. My favorite, my favorite, my favorite singer, my favorite, one of my favorite damn singer is a, uh, is what is he Haitian and Puerto Rican? Shit, I mean, <laughs> y'all know how I love me some actually, <laughs> right? Okay, so you know, listen, I mean, but for me, it is, it is, I just black people, black American people, black Native American people, we have been through so much as a people. And shit, I'm I'm trying to figure out. We've been failing. These 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 assholes has been that's been at the top. Has Black America? This Black America that's been these paradigm Democrats have pissed me off because they have done nothing to help our people. Our people have been in a worse, more worse position than I've seen us in years. And Today, when I saw them white folks come up there and take power on that Capitol, you know, as much as I, I see the difference, I see that white white supremacy works and moves, I did have a little bit of admiration for them because I said they fighting for what they fucking believe in. You know what I'm saying? So um, it is for me to see our people uh, continue the same shit. 65 years later, Malcolm X can walk up, wake up and still talk about the same shit. And Dr. King can wake up and still talk about the same shit. And we ain't moved the needle whatsoever. It's shameful. And part of that shame is on us because we've allowed shit like last night to happen. You know what I'm saying? And it's not, I don't, I don't, I don't take to putting the Democrats in office. I don't, I don't think the Democrats, I think our power is not letting the Democrats in office, letting them know we can make them lose not putting them in and hoping they will do good. That hasn't worked. We've been doing that for almost 100 years. No, it's been about 50, 60 years. 67 years black people have been Democrats. Yeah, it's it's not working. And we have to figure out something else. And I just, I you know, 
I'm not for people who sitting around talking about the same shit, talking to say, telling them, hey, you get you, make sure you just go out to vote and don't have an, a black agenda or a black policy in mind to say, hey, we will vote only if you got, you're going to put up black tangibles. But if you do anything to hurt us as a people, well, we can't take that shit no more. We simply are all out of favor. And I think we would have sent a clear, uh, defining message to black, uh, uh, to uh, Democrats had we done that. But we haven't sent the message to them whatsoever. And people running around here putting up pictures of Stacey Abrams like she's some some sort of fucking savior. I don't know what the fuck y'all putting up pictures of Stacey Abrams for. I don't have no damn clue. I don't know who the, what the fuck, I mean, what, seriously? Is this what it's coming down to? Us putting another person up there who's going to be puppeting and mimicking Democratic talking points. Black people, we don't need no more Democratic talking points. That shit is done for. It's for the birds. Y'all got to stop. Democrats is not your, they're not your saviors. They're not your friends. And y'all just put them in office for, you put them in office possibly not only for four years, but two years, and you gave them the House and the Senate. The last time they had the House and the Senate, they didn't do shit for you. So I, you know, I don't know what this fascination that we got with it. I don't know if it's this need to fucking belong, to not feel like we on the outside of ourselves, and I want to get, like I heard that young man called up before Panaki, and he was talking. He sounded very intelligent, and he was saying, you know, I I I I uh, he understood both ends. He used to be a Democrat. Now my suggestion is not just to go to Republicans. I I personally believe you can you know you should be a little bit independent. You can be able to flow a little bit between a different lots of it's some great parties out there other than Democrats and Republicans. But I understood him. I mean it it and he didn't sound like he had not he did not have love for black people. He's our love for people. He's just saying, hey, I can't, I couldn't do the Democrat stuff no more. It wasn't working. And I don't know why we consistently listen to people keep telling us this. And I've been particularly on celebrities because celebrities were pushing this narrative about Georgia. And what's going to happen with celebrities, and before I get into this, you know, power and stuff like that, celebrities, let me give you a warning here. If it don't work this time for black people, and black people end up on on skid row be with, with, with after the Democrats get got two years of a house and a Senate, and we still end up at the bottom of the barrel. Let me just say, judgment ain't just gonna come to black folks' house. It's gonna come to y'all house too, specifically y'all black celebrities who depend on you black celebrities yelling Democratic talking points, who depend on black folks. To get what you need, to go to your concerts, to do all this shit and stuff. You better try to have a crossover song. You better have a crossover movie and shit, because you don't need to. You don't need uh, them because we, if we are suffering again, we're gonna start realizing what it's coming from. We gonna start. Black people are going, are going to start to begin to. My personal opinion, it's already starting to turn on your asses. That's all I'll say on that note, okay? 
uh, on celebrities who talk shit and don't know nothing that they talk about. And not only celebrities, but they're going to begin. I think the black bourgeoisie is going to boulet, the black boulet, part, part of the portion of you. They're going to have, they're going to have to take some responsibility for, for, for uh, failures. If this, ha- if, if this happens again, I think they're going to risk the, li- the, uh, the risk, uh, the, problem of not being heard again not people not listening to you and i'd be glad personally myself i'd be glad when that day comes i think you've had your your time at the top has been long enough and it's time to it's time for that to go because it, it has not helped black america it's enriched uh black people who are able to be be a part of the democratic party and and talk and uh, talk democratic talking points or white liberal talking points but it's not benefited black people in a whole. And, you know, maybe, and black people, if we don't get it, you know, maybe it's this, and this is what I'm coming to terms with too, and I'm just kind of talking right now, but I'm coming to this space of where I'm just like, you know what, maybe it is an individual thing. Maybe it should. Maybe I understood Moses' frustration. Shit. Moses, Moses in the Bible when he was having to take the Israel I mean, the Israelites out of Egypt, they and they asked and were giving him hell about coming out of slavery. I mean, it. <laughs> I mean, you read that story. I said, we got to be. Listen, black people got to be uh, the uh, Hebrew. Because, <laughs> boy, that sound like that. They, I mean, he, and he go back to get the people, and the people don't want to go. I mean, the Egyptians is literally throwing jewelry and stuff, and they asked, and I heard, I, and I heard it was so funny because I was in the Vicky, uh, Vicky uh, today, the young lady Vicky something, and she was talking about this, and I said, I, that's my exact, I felt that same way. The Israel, I mean, the, the Israelites gave Moses and Aaron more hell than anybody. They just didn't want they, they, they when they was out in the wilderness, they, I mean, they disobeyed every step of the way. They would see miracle after miracle. And it's just be like, nah, we want to go back. <laughs> Moses had to, they had to, that generation had to die off in the wilderness, to be honest. And Moses only got to see the prophecy and not go into it because he got, because he got frustrated from dealing with a people who did not want to go to their promised land. They did not want to fight the people on the other side. They didn't want to fight them for the land. They rather they just like she they they rather uh I mean they had excuses on every turn of why they didn't want to fight and because they had a slave mentality the the Bible says they died a generation a full generation wandered around the wilderness for forty years and died in the wilderness because they couldn't break slave mentality and they had to wait for a new generation to come up and only two people from that generation went. Caleb, an older uh, from the older generation, and Joshua from the middle generation, and the young generation went over to take over the land because the old folks just didn't want to go. They were just talking old shit, and maybe we gotta wait for some of y'all to die off shit. I don't know. <laughs> it is what it is. Oh my God, let's talk about power, man. Power, man, this seat, I mean, this, listen, if you, you haven't seen Power, you want to get off right now because I'm getting ready to spoil and I'm going to give you, I'm going to make some spoilers, okay? Spoilers coming about Power, okay? Man, let me talk about a little Tyreek at first. I mean, Tyreek, 
played by Mikey Michael Rainey Jr. Listen, Omari Hodrick, you should be proud of this young man taking over Ghost. Listen, I mean, this kid came into his own. Uh, when he was sitting on that uh, that that stand and he came for Sax's ass, oh my God, I was like, come on! <laughs> and uh, when when he Jabari, remember when Jabari finally, all of us have been waiting for Jabari to kind of get killed, right? And so when he's there, uh, when him and Kane is having this discussion and he decides to kill Jabari, and, and it's so good because Woody, Woody, uh, I forget the guy, Woody, who played uh, the actor Woody, I forget his last name, who played Bobby Brown, who is an excellent actor. This kid is that, that's an up and coming dude right there. Y'all better watch out for him. That boy is so bad. Let me tell you, he is, that boy is an actor. He ain't no joke, okay? So Woody, who plays Kane, is standing behind this tree watching uh, 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 Tyreek get ready to shoot Jabari. And Jabari's like, you're a good kid. You don't want to do this and all this stuff like this. And, and, and he said, you, you just had a bad something. He said, and, and Tyreek looks at him and says, I am the bad spot. Oh, my God. I was like, Courtney Kemp. You are righty, girl. <laughs> you and your team are writing. <laughs> I loved it. Oh, my God. And then Monet and Tasha, when they had that scene together, Monet, when Tasha comes in, Tasha finally gets out of jail, all dressed up, looking good. We get Tasha back. Monet is, listen, first of all, let me talk about Monet. Let me talk about Monet and Mary J. Mary J. Blige, okay? And Mary J. Blige walks across the screen, the screen with that Louis. <gasps> and then that, I was there, I was like, oh, my God, I was in my feelings. That I was like, oh, oh, my God, that post. That post. Oh, my God. See, I'm going to tell you something. Mary J. Blige, if you're listening right damn now, shit, you don't need, just, you don't need no damn wine thing. God, I ain't telling people what they need. Mary fucking J. Blige, you need to be Louis. Let me explain to you, Mary. Mary, you need to you need to be a Louis first person, first off. And not only that, you need to have him create you a line of boots and just a Mary J. Blige line of clothing. How does she walk across? Let me tell you about the the the, the style the costume designers at Power this damn year. Oh my god. The outfits have been as much of the star as the people. The outfits have been so fire. I, I don't know who they are. Shout out to the costume designers. When Mary J. Blige walks across the deck, gooey jacket on and she carrying that big ass purse that I want. I was like, no, I want that purse. <laughs> I saw that purse. I fell in love. I was like, oh. <laughs> he walked across the Oh my God! And she talks. And she talks to uh, what is the dude uh, Rico? And she kills Rico right there. Look at this. Mary J has come into Monet. I said, Oh my God! Now I understood. Finally, Mary J was connected. I was like, Oh my God! Then we get to with her and Tasha. The scene with her and Tasha talking, and Tasha's trying to get Tyreek out of the light. And Mary J like, You wrong now. You know, like basically he mine. <laughs> And then we hear shots. The restaurant gets shot up. And then when they run, they find out, trying to find out who was shooting up. And 
Tasha looks out the window, and what do we see? What do we all see? The blue Mustang. So you know what the fuck we do. It's Tommy. <laughs> Why were we so happy to see Tommy? We like. I was I was really I was happy because you know I love me some Joseph Sakura, so I was like go by and I always laugh. I laugh at the end of Ghost. I said it's just it, it ain't isn't it funny how a white man gonna ride off into the sunset? But <laughs> but but uh, Tommy is a is a cool one to ride uh, character played by Joseph Sakura. Tommy comes back to um, wreak havoc. Okay. And the, he's trying to kill Tasha, or he's giving Tasha a warning. I don't think Tommy's ever going to kick. Cause I actually think Tommy got love for uh, uh, the St. Patrick family. I just think he won't ever. He talks like he's going to shoot them, but I don't think he's ever really going to do it. I, I really, I just really don't, okay? I think he, I mean, you know, think of all the times he tried to kill Ghost. And he really didn't do it, you know? Because Ghost is his brother. Okay, so I just, I feel like it's like a love-hate spat with all this. And so then you, little Tyreek, you see Tyreek coming to his own as a man when he says, you know what, I'm going to have to face Tommy. And Tyreek's leaning out on Tommy's blue mistake, and Tommy comes out the house, and we finally get to see the first look at Tommy, and they start playing mini-men. Yes! Listen, this was the perfect the final season finale. I I just it was so well done. I just was like and, and you know, and Tyreek, which is to me is a hint to maybe ghost. Because Tyreek sets up this thing with Tommy for Tommy to fake his death, okay? So that Tommy so that Tasha won't have to testify against him or whatever. Okay. So for those of you who haven't been watching Power, you gotta watch it, okay? I'm giving y'all the spoilers, but for my power list people, y'all know what I'm talking about. But my favorite scene, favorite, favorite, favorite scene was the last scene with Tasha and Tyreek are in the cemetery. Was it at the grave at Rainy, uh, his sister's grave or whatever? And he Tasha's begging uh, uh, him to come with her. And he's like, no, you know, he's beginning to tell her that he had to call the Secret Service. And so he calls the Secret Service. But in the background, is Tommy trying to shoot and kill Tasha, right? And it ends up, Tyreek ends up sending Tasha away with uh, the Secret Service, okay, which means probably I think it's some, not the Secret Service, the FBI, which means I think that Tasha's in the witness protection program. But I, think, which I, mean, which I think that means that Tyreek ended up telling that Tommy was alive. I'm not quite sure about that yet. But then when they're driving off, Tommy comes out from the shadows and grabs Tyreek, right? And Tyreek's going off on Tyreek. And out of nowhere, out of nowhere, Monet shows up with a gun behind uh, his head. He's like, who the fuck got that rolling with you that got the nerves enough to pull a gun on me? Oh, my God. That scene right there, y'all, that that was classic Tommy. I mean, there was so much packed in that scene. And Monet's like, you know, letting him know, like, it don't take much. Like she's not even scared. Like she's not even scared. Everybody knows how crazy Tommy is. Monet has no fear. Monet's like, I ain't scared of you. Who don't give a shit? I don't give a shit who you are, <laughs> right? Which is telling us about the Tahada, this new family that Tyreek has gotten behind him, even more powerful a little bit than Tasha and them because Tasha and them kind of had embraced the silver spoon, Mike. You know what I'm saying? So. It, during this scene, 
this is a and this is a testament to the writers of power. Oh my God, the writers of power are so great. But during this scene, they're in front of Ghost's grave, and so Tyreek looks at his father's grave and said, "Uncle Tommy, you was right. He was trying to do what he had to do. He didn't mean to hurt people. Or whatever. He just had to do what he had to do." And Tommy takes this looks at Tyreek like, "What the fuck?" Suddenly, there's a car. You hear this car driving in the back in the background, and there is uh, there is Tyreek's little love, other love interest. He's got three of them: Ty, uh, uh, Monet's daughter and Monet's son. Okay, Drew, and I forget the little Diana. Okay, driving, and Tommy just realizes he looks and realizes, and he looks back at Tyreek like in kind of complete shock after what he just says and says, "You see this bullshit right here." This is exactly him. This is Ghost. Oh, my God. I mean, for Ghost, for a power fan, that scene was everything. That scene has so much in it. I mean, because it was Tyreek is Ghost almost, but a better version. And so Tommy ends up walking out into the dark and says, so him and Monet are standing at his father's grave. And Monet says, you really did kill your father, huh? And he's like, Ghost is never really dead, which is interesting to me that he said that, because I'm not sure if Ghost is dead. He said Ghost, Ghost never die. Oh my God! Listen here, that was like listen, classic shit. Okay, I, let me let me just say Courtney Kemp because I love a good ass writer. Courtney Kemp, <laughs> you have made me so proud. You and your writing team. I don't even know what the fuck to do with y'all. Y'all so crazy. Y'all crazy over there, power. Y'all crazy. They are crazy, and I love, I love every bit. Y'all wanna, y'all want to know how I felt about the season finale? Shit, I loved every bit of it. Oh my god, I love every that from the opening scene, from Monet carrying that purse, walking with that purse, that Louis. Oh man, everything was. It is so. Um, it is the perfect mesh of the streets meets Ivy League. Oh, so it's such a class, such classic shit. Like ghetto fab meets I, Ivy League. The shit is all point. And I, I forgot about when Woody was hiding behind a tree and starts laughing after Kane kills. I mean, after Tyree kills uh, Jabari, and he laughs like a proud laugh. Like, damn. Like, I mean, like that's just so classic Kane and shit. I mean, it, it's like there is so many questions we got, and I don't know. I can't wait, Courtney. To, I'm, I'm, I'm mad. You, you can't do this. Keep us hanging until September. This is this is ridiculous. I know we getting ready to get fifty Canaan story for when he was little, but damn it, I'm like, no, I don't, I don't even care. I just want this story to continue. <laughs> I can It's needless to say, I love Power Book Two. Uh, if you have not seen Power Book Two, Ghost, I think it is far better than Power. But you must watch Power first to order, in order to understand Power Book Two. So they're showing it on Stars right now. You can see power first because you got to understand all the seasons of power. And then you can understand Power Book 2. But Power Book 2, we, I thought we were going to all hate because we were all hating Tyreek, right? Remember, we were all hating him. And we, we, now we're in love with the character of Tyreek. It's crazy as shit. And, and Courtney Kemp is manipulate, manipulating us just like she did with Ghost. 
because Ghost, I felt, was very a manipulative character. I felt Ghost was, I was never manipulated by Ghost. I, hate Ghost. I hated Ghost from the first episode, okay? And the reason why is because I felt like Ghost was a narcissist, a charming narcissist. And he not only, she wrote him so well that not only did he charm the, um, the, 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 the cast, like the, I mean, not the cast, but the script, the people within the script, you know, the character charmed his, 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 his people in his story, but he also charmed the audience. Everybody was so disappointed when Ghost died, but I was like, this is what Ghost gets, okay? But now I feel like I'm being manipulated by Tyreek. I feel, be, and, and, the re, and I feel like it's a harder manipulation with Tyreek because we watched Tyreek from when he was a kid. A real, Michael Rainey literally grew up on the show, okay? And so we see him now, and we hated him when he was getting adult. And now we have a love for him, and we want this kid to win. Crazy man, the writing actor, the power, power, they they writing their ass off. Okay, that's all I gotta say. Okay, very good. There is some things I still question, though. I don't understand how the Tejadas don't know the St. Patrick family because they were pretty big in the drug business. I want Courtney Kip to to. She's alluded to why this is. She's saying that she wanted the Tejadas to kind of not have no care about anybody. But I still think you have to explain how James St. Patrick, a.k.a. Ghost, one of the biggest drug dealers in New York City, owning truth, turned politician, Tommy, one of the most feared dudes on the street. How do they not know him? How do they not know of them? I, I, she has to explain that. That's where she's making me mad at this season. That's the only way place the writing is making me mad. Because I'm not understanding how they don't understand who the St. Patrick's are. That's crazy, okay? That's that's really crazy for me. But that's how I felt about Power Book Two. Very good, y'all. I man, I just hey, y'all gotta watch it, okay? If you haven't been get to see it, uh, I'm t- I promise you, for you people who hated Tyreek, you will love Tyreek. You say I'm not gonna watch Tyreek. I said that. Well, I love it. I love it more than I do. Um, Actually, uh, um, I love more than I did power. Straight up. Okay. All right. So <laughs> let's get into uh, this is what we talked about last week. Uh, let's talk to y'all about the super. I think I'm going to say the super gonorrhea in these streets. I think I talked about the super gonorrhea being out in these streets about but for COVID, they link being linked to COVID. But I'll probably be talking about it, talking about it again on Saturday. Do we talk about Kamala and Kwanzaa? Kamala Harris talking about she celebrated Kwanzaa. We talked about that. Okay, we I think we did. We talked about that one. I think we were going to talk about Tyreek. Oh yes, Tyreek uh, to get he's supposed to be getting a divorce. Okay. Now I told y'all I had heard in these streets Tyreek was getting a divorce uh, like a few months ago. Okay, so come to find out, I hear this wife filed in September. I mean, she had filed in uh, uh, in September allegedly. But here's the thing. Uh, let's, let's read this from TMZ. I'll tell y'all my thoughts on this right here. But it says, Tyrese announces he and his wife headed for divorce. Tyrese, Tyrese and his, this is according to TMZ.com, it says, Tyrese and his wife, Samantha Lee Gibson, have made a difficult decision to get a divorce. The Fast and Furious actor made the announcement Tuesday saying, our intention is to remain the best of friends and strong co-parents. We feel incredibly blessed to have found each other and deeply grateful for four years 
we had been married to each other. Two married in February of 2017, okay? Now, the rumor was that Tyrese had locked it, him, him and the, his wife and his daughter, allegedly out the house uh, back a few months ago or something like that or, or you know. And Tyrese, a lot of people was giving Tyrese a hard time about this. Because remember, Tyrese had a lot of issues with his first baby mama. Remember all the drama when he was on there crying? Was, what y'all doing to me? <laughs> no, what is it? What you want from me? <laughs> so Tyrese could not afford to have no smoke. Speaking of that, this is a sideboard. Because I said, no smoke. This is a more, y'all. This is a completely off the subject. But remember in power when Tommy said, I want all the smoke. Damn it, I love that line. Anyway. <laughs> but anyway, Tyrese don't want no smoke with none of these, with another baby mama on his reputation, okay? He just don't want none, okay? And Tyrese is just, you know, listen. My personal opinion is Tyrese is one of those difficult Virgo males. You know what I'm saying? I, <laughs> sometimes, you know, uh, Virgo men can be very hard to, uh, you know, please. Uh, or, you know, because how they see things and stuff like that. And I just feel like, I, I mean, I bet Tyrese is just it's difficult to sit that way. He he just strikes me that way. So I'm not surprised to hear about this uh, second one, especially when I heard he liked to sleep in nine degrees. That that alone would make me sound for a divorce on your ass. <laughs> okay, so uh, yeah, so best of luck to Tyrese and uh, his uh, four wife. Hopefully, they can keep uh, they can uh, co-parent better than him in the first one. <laughs> okay, okay, so. Also, we said we were going to discuss, what else did I want to discuss with y'all, y'all was asking me to get? What's it? Uh, Chrissy Teigen, okay? Now, I have been hearing these rumors for a long time, too, okay? And a lot of people weren't talking about them, but I have been hearing about Chrissy Teigen having a drinking problem, okay? I have been hearing that quite some time. Let me see. Is that there? Check that up. Let me see if I can pull this up. How'd I had it up? But yeah, this week she finally kind of she she finally kind of talks so she talks about it. She why she decided to get sober. Um, and I heard this maybe about was it a year or two ago or something? I've been hearing that about Chrissy Teigen. Uh, but this is according to Bossup dot com. It says Chrissy Teigen reveals why she decided to get sober. She said, I was done with making an ass out of myself. Okay. Chrissy Teigen has always been open with her followers about the intimate details of her personal life, and now she's sharing the reason she decided to stop drinking for good, okay? On Wednesday, the cookbook author took to Instagram to reveal how Holly Whitaker's book, Quit Like a Woman, the radical choice to not drink in a culture obsessed with alcohol, influenced her decision to get sober. Uh, it says, one month ago, my birthday, I got this book from my doctor and friend. Chrissy explained on, on her Instagram story, I was done with making an ass of myself in front of people. I'm still embarrassed, tired of day drinking and feeling like shit by six, not being able to sleep. She continued, I've been sober ever since. Even if you can, can't see yourself doing it or just plain don't want to, it's still an incredible read. This comes just a few days after Tegan first uh, confirmed that she has been sober for a month, okay? Ever since uh, the avid tweeter has been receiving support, has been receiving supportive messages from fans, which could be why she decided to share her resources 
uh, with for Chrissy, this isn't the first time she wanted to stop drinking for fear of making an ass of herself in front of people. In 2017, she told Cosmopolitan she had been drinking too much. I got used to being in a hair and makeup and having a glass of wine, she even said at the time. Then that glass of wine would carry over to me having one before the award show and then a bunch of a bunch at the award show. And then I felt bad for making kind of an ass of myself that I really uh in front of people that I really respect respected, okay? Um Okay, you know what? Listen, Chrissy Teasing is always sharing a lot. Uh here's the thing. I uh really I can appreciate her sharing this about that. I mean, I have we've been hearing rumors about Chrissy Teasing. A lot of people were saying that she was drinking too much or something, you know. Like you hear the rumors about Mariah Carey, but those rumors are, I digress. Anyway, but, you know, listen, I like a drink, right? And I'm very careful of drinking because I, I don't drink a lot. This is me. I just, I never, you know, when my first time getting drunk was in college. I can't, listen, I got drunk. I was dating this guy too one night and I got so drunk. I was such a, I mean, you know, I was so drunk. I was with some friends. I got. <laughs> I'm thinking actually two guys at the same time is crazy, and so but they both knew about each other. But I was dating this one. This I was date. I was so uh, I was I was drunk. All my friends we was drunk. Like it's my first time ever getting drunk. And my friends were uh, we were all out and we were at the dorms. And I had been in this. Uh, where was I? I was in. Uh, in a bathroom, I remember, and this white girl was in there crying, okay? <laughs> and she was crying over one of the dudes I was dating, right? Crazy. And I was so drunk. I, all I can remember telling her, girl, don't be stupid. He's over trying to talk to me at my dorm every day. I was, like, so messed up. I was like, she, I made her cry worse. It was horrible. And then I get back to my dorm, and my friends were there, everybody's like outside making a fool of themselves, and I slid down my wall, and the dude down the day is receiving is like, shaking his head, like, get your ass, like, what are you doing, or whatever, like, you know, get your ass in the, you know, whatever. So I wake up the next morning, man, and my my mouth had that aftertaste in my, I had, I threw up, my, my, my mouth had this extreme aftertaste in my mouth for days. Ever since then, I've never gotten that drunk. Gotten tipsy, really tipsy, and done some stupid things, but never really that drunk because I learned my lesson. I was like, uh uh-uh. uh. I don't never want to feel that fucking out of control. And I was so fucking out of control. I ended up dating a guy like that. My first interracial relationship happened because I was drunk at this point, and I told this white guy he was cute, and he knocked on my door the next day. <laughs> I didn't remember telling him. I was like, that fucking what? And from the, and that scared me because I was like, oh my god, I did not realize how jacked up and just I had people around me who loved me and cared for me, just having to take care of me. But I thought to myself, what the fuck? What if I was like that like every fucking day? You know, so I I am very careful about who I drink, how what I who I drink around, how much I consume, because alcohol really is a spirit. It is what it says it is. It's a spirit. It cha- when you ingest it, it changes your fucking, it changes your energy. And a lot of times people will drink it so they can relax. 
or they can, especially in the celebrity world. You know, I can see how drinking can become a problem because if you're if you got stage fright or you got any kind of things that you deal with as a celebrity, you might drink it to feel more comfortable or drink something to get. Like Christy T just said, she was drinking a glass of wine every time you know she was in hair and makeup, and that was probably a nervous tick and stuff like that. So. You really, to me personally, you really have to deal with the shit that's going on inside of you and not let it drive you to being an alcoholic or a drinker because shit, that shit is no joke. When you when you can't remember who the fuck you are and all that stuff, so I don't like that shit. I, or what the fuck you did, that, that to me. <laughs> now I don't mind having a Beyonce drunken love moment now. I've been drinking. I've been drinking. I, I see that. I understand that. That's the only drunken love was. Only moment I want to have <laughs> with somebody you love and trust, but uh, the, but uh, other than that, just drinking out in public and people the next day you not remembering shit you did and people looking at you like you see what you at that party or you see it's never cool to act a fool. It's just never cool. A drunk is never cool. It's just never cool, <laughs> right? They're never cool out in, in in a public space, right? You know, it's just the worst. Okay, it's the worst. All right. Now, in the privacy of your home with somebody you love, and you get freaked out. That's a different story, okay? But, you know, yeah. <laughs> y'all know what I'm saying out here. I can't blame Chrissy Teacher, though, okay? And the worst place you want to be a drunk at is in Hollywood. Shit. They all them strikes out there. You do not want that that kind of smoke, okay? They will eat you. They will they will eat you for lunch in Hollywood, okay? Being a drunk. <laughs> okay? Take all your shit. You wake up, and, and, and they'll take everything, okay? Um, what else? Let me see. There was another story. I'm trying to get all the stories I say, so y'all will, y'all will not be saying I did not give y'all a part two because I gave y'all a part two, okay? We talk about Lamar Odom. Oh, Dr. Dre. Dr. Dre, y'all. Dr. Dre, keep Dr. Dre in your prayers. Dr. Dre had a brain aneurysm. I think they called him the time. They said he's up, lucid. He's in ICU, but he's lucid and talking and everything. And it seems like he's getting better. You know, listen, Dr. Dre been going through a lot of shit, right? You know, because last thing I read is his, his man and his wife were talking about him. They were arguing. She invited him to spend the night. And, uh, this is true. And, and, and they was arguing about that and, and money. It, it was, it, it, but he been under a lot of stress, okay? Stress, okay? Stress is spark a damn aneurysm, in my opinion. A lot. That's just stress. This is called a lot of one-on-one, okay? And that's why I keep trying to tell people to have some damn peace in your life, okay? Dr. Dre, Dr. Dre, you don't need to be fighting with her ass no more. You get signed. I keep trying to tell your ass no peace. Don't be no peace, uh, like no peace wave and wait years down the line before you sign over whatever you're going to do. Be peace, Dre. And give her her money so you can have some calmness in your life. You don't have a fucking brain aneurysm. That means that you and your ass need to calm the fuck down. Give her her money. You can make your money back, son. What you can't get back is your life and your peace of mind. Peace of mind is sometimes worth more than a bag. I'm just telling y'all. Y'all got to learn this in these streets. Peace of mind is worth more than a bag. And besides that, you can't always take all that money with you. I mean, you know, money money come and go, but your life is everything, okay? You don't want to be looking here, okay? I'm just telling y'all. Dre, calm your ass down and get that woman her money. <laughs> I mean, he's out here trying to fight the fight. He's fighting against fight. He's just fighting. Like, don't fight. 
Just go on and give it to her. You about to, she even gave you almost a brain aneurysm. I'm not saying she did it, but I mean, damn. <laughs> okay, so, uh, you know, I know a lot of people have been talking about uh, this, this guy on YouTube who uh, talks about, uh, he was, they, you know, a lot of people have been talking about hypergamy on YouTube. And there's this guy, I sometimes listen to him, Kevin Samuels, okay? And apparently he had a discussion with a young lady. And I ha- I've seen a little parts of the discussion where the young lady was telling him how she wanted to high value man and everything. And Kevin Samuels went on to tell her that you're average at best. <laughs> God, it was horrible. <laughs> and that you you shouldn't be asking for a high value. And a lot of people were upset with Kevin Samuels about that. I say that if you're upset with Kevin Samuels about that, you probably don't watch the show, okay? Uh, <clears throat> um, I listen. I've listened to Kevin, and I like Kevin, but I prefer my person that I really prefer to hear on those type of things like hypergamy. It's two people I really like. I like Chloe, and I like Jason Black. I think Jason Black really is great, and I think Jason is a little bit more balanced. Sometimes Jason can be extreme. But I really like the business when talking about relationships and, and and stuff like that. He gives you the hardcore truth. I mean, it's hard, but if if, if you know, I didn't think. I think uh, that there's a little bit. I don't know. I just tend to like the business a little better. But I, people, to Kevin Samuel's defense. Uh, I don't think she understood what she what she 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 came at him the wrong way. I think uh, not to excuse what he said because I don't want women to go out here and think, you know, because we listen. One to have value, man. And I understand that. There's nothing wrong with wanting somebody have value. Shit, okay. I I I, I understand women don't have purpose. I ain't got no problem with that. But listen, money ain't fucking everything, okay? Because it's a lot of mental cases who got money. Okay, it is. I'm just tell y'all straight up. There's a lot of mental cases. Dudes who will who will abuse you. Dudes who will uh, who will treat you bad. Who will do all kinds of things. So you don't just want a high value person, a high value man as far as money making, but you want a high value person as far as his whole his 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 being, who he is, who who that person is. Okay, you know what I'm saying. And 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 sometimes opposites isn't even that much, you know. Sometimes it's who that person uh, is in a, in a whole. How does he handle himself? How does he handle his business? How does he handle his uh, his his people in his life? The people he loves. How does it's it's more than money that makes someone high value, in my opinion. Okay, but I also want women to understand when you're talking about wealthy guys and and guys with a lot of money and stuff, understand that they are in a different realm, and they do require a lot, okay? Now, I don't like making women feel bad. I know he was talking about her having a weave and stuff. I wear a weave from time to time. I don't have to, but I wear it. I like, I wear, I've been wearing it around now. I just took my weave out the other day. Shit, I got to do my hair about it, as a matter of fact. You know, I probably put my weave, put some weave back in a couple months, and I don't like doing my hair. But you know what? It, but I don't. I don't have a problem with women making enhancing themselves to make themselves beautiful or whatever. I have no problem with that. There, but listen, wealthy men, you have to understand that you have to compete sometimes, women. 
okay? And competition means not just compete in the areas of your look. That's important because wealthy men like women who look good. But also you have to compete in the type of person you present yourself as, okay? If you've ever been around dudes who got it, got money or got it going on, you know it's a, it's a different vibe and it's a different flow. And especially men who are in the public eye, they require so much more, okay? Sometimes when you're with a man in the public eye, you know you know you got to keep in shape. You know you probably going to have to, you might have to get some stuff, work done. Shit, I'm telling y'all the truth, shit, okay? Because you're going to the award show and you you wearing dresses and shit, you probably going to have to have your boobs and shit done. I'm just telling people what it is. I mean, high-value men, which y'all asking out here in these streets, require a damn lot. And people been asking me about the Kevin Samuel shit, and that's how I feel. Kevin wasn't completely off. I'm not saying she was average. I'm just saying that she has to understand that it's a competitive-ass world. And with high-value men, you're not just competing with, you know, she was like over 30, 35. You're not competing. Like, if I get out here in these streets again as a single woman, I understand if I go for a high-value dude, I might have to go a little older than me because a lot of the dudes at my age, they want younger. So I don't understand I'm fighting, not that I don't look good, because I look damn good, but I'm just saying, I understand, but I, and I understand I got to work on myself a whole lot more. Like, I'm working on, you have to work on your body and stuff like that. I understand that if I got in the pool of being single again. If I was single, I understand that to come back into single life requires a whole nother bargain. You're going to go after a high value dude, you probably going to have to go, you might, now I'm not saying all the way. You might have to go a little older. Sometimes miracles happen. I don't know, shit. But usually women don't understand. If you're in your 40s, you competing with these girls 25 is at the dudes 45 and 50 with money. Okay? I'll just tell y'all what it is. So I didn't find Kevin Samuels. I found him harsh. But if, you, if she had been listening to the show, she would understand that that's what Kevin does. He is a, 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 some sort of a guy who gives women and men advice he, uh, about dating and, and how to present yourselves and stuff like that, and it's hardcore. I don't always agree with him because, you know, love is a fascinating thing, okay? And I don't want to get y'all girls up here, I, all you women out here, high hopes of either. I want to tell y'all love is just spiritual and all that, so I want love is spiritual. But love is a fascinating thing in terms of how people meet, how people fall in love, how people uh, uh, meet each other. And I can't tell a woman that she's never going to be able to get a high-value guy because she's a certain age or she can't get a high-value guy because she's you never know what happens in life. My thing is for women to understand that you need to present your best self at all times, okay? And some of the way she was answering her questions, I mean, you know, she it seems like she was trying, like she he asked her what did she rate herself, and she rated herself really low, like a five or six. So already, automatically, high value men is like, well, shit, you better, you rating yourself low, well, shit, I'm, <laughs> I mean, you know, they like, you know, a lot of high value men want women who are confident already. That you don't have to be they because they because their lifestyle requires you to have some confidence. You can't be walking around with them. You talking? You want a six figure dude or dude making more than six figures um, in the millions or whatever? You can't be walking around with him insecure. Even though a lot of they asses be insecure, okay? But you you have to be sure of yourself. So the way she answered a lot of the questions when I listened to her, I was like, Ugh, no wonder he came for her. 
You know, and and um, a lot of people were upset with this. I mean, I get why they were upset. I understand it was harsh, but I can't say he wasn't all the way truthful, even though I didn't agree with how he did it, okay? But I understand that he does that all the time, okay? I mean, he does that on his show. And I think there were some things about her that she, how she – she was, instead of listening to him, she started getting nervous and pulling out her phone. And for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, this Kevin Samuel, Samuel thing, you'll have to listen to, go to YouTube and look up Kevin Samuels, and you'll be able to see he's a dating guy. He talks about women getting high value and stuff like that. And he kind of gives a lot of truth to it because, you know, listen, he's a man who's around probably high value men, and he's heard probably what they want. And if if women might need to listen to it if you want that type of man, okay? And but also I think you ought to understand also that uh, love happens in various ways, okay? And but the biggest thing that a woman can do is have confidence in herself and love herself and take care of herself, you know, outside and inside, okay? So. Um, yeah, you know that was pretty deep. He told her you was you was average at best. Wait, let me see if I can find the the, the thing because you know. But when I always some of y'all when I let y'all hear audio, some of it be turning out right and some of it turns out not so right. But let me see if I can. Uh, let me see. I'm gonna find it because y'all need to hear this because y'all and y'all can write me and tell me what y'all think about what he said. But let me look. Let's uh, see. Okay, let me see if I can find it so y'all can hear it a little bit. Okay, let me see if I got it. Especially came in and said, Where are you where are you at? No, sir. And you're 
Okay, guys. Now this is where we gonna get to the point. I gotta let me let me try to get to the uh, let me try to get to the point where he tells her that she is average. Okay, so let's see if we get to this point here. You're not accepting the fact that, okay. Damn, you're average looking at best. Okay, here we go. Okay, so take numbers out. Okay, we got it. Let me put, let me put this here because I got another person talking on it. Okay. I want to get to that point. Hold on, let me see. You get this. Okay, here we go. Let me get it. Average looking at best. I'm taking it in, but... Okay, but you're not accepting the fact that... Okay. Average looking... Average looking woman who's older. Average looking older woman with a 13-year-old son. Average-looking woman with a 13-year-old son with a sketchy baby daddy. Okay. And I, and I took that from a blog where they was talking, they was reviewing it. But listen, you see where it went, right? He, it, it got worse. It, I didn't even play the whole audio because, I mean, but I understood what he was trying to tell her. It was just like, damn, when he told her you're average looking at best, I was like, oh, shit, you're an older woman, 13 years. You know, he <laughs> it was some cold shit. <laughs> Listen, but it's a cold-ass world, shit. When you get over 45, it's a fucking cold-ass world, okay? I mean, like, you know, not in a good way. Listen, my, for, for me, personally, I am a married woman, but for me personally, at this age and my age right now, uh, I feel like this is the best I have ever been. And, like, say, for instance, you know, if if my marriage didn't work out or something like that, I would not be afraid. I couldn't be afraid, but I do understand the real. Like, you know, I, I, I understood the, the understand the real that has a woman at 48. Even though I feel like I'm a beautiful woman, shit, I feel like shit. You know what I'm saying? I I, I love myself. I done really learned to love myself, right? And really tried to embrace and make myself better. Okay, I really tried to make myself better. I, but I understand that that for women that are single, for, especially for the women that I know that are single, and even for women that are married, you gotta keep yourself up being married. See, ain't no joke. You gotta keep yourself up. But and a lot of women fail to do that sometimes too. But you know, uh, especially if you married somebody who makes money, okay? So you, I mean, I understand what it is, and I understand how as you get older, your value changes as far as the dating scene. Now your value doesn't change as far as you as a person. Hell no, shit, no, that's not that's the that's the real. This is a, this is just talking to my single out here. Your value does change as a woman. Now, for men, if they got money, it don't ever change. Shit, that shit, they can be 80 years old walking around on a stick and if they got a lot of money, 20-year-olds will still try to talk to them. <laughs> okay, but, uh, you know, it, 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 but your value in who you are and who how you see yourself 
uh, cannot change, okay? And I think that Kevin Samuels was saying to her that she is in a she's put herself in a predicament that's made it a little harder for get to get the type of men that she wants. But I really don't think she she didn't even too. And I didn't play the part where he asked her what did she bring to the table. And I think that she didn't really understand, you know, besides a six having because high value men don't really care. To be honest, they don't really care if you got a job or not because they got money. They like, you know, they like shit. You know, remember when Nick Cannon was talking? Remember I played that Nick Cannon thing on here? With Nick Cannon's crazy ass. That's a whole different story. But Nick Cannon was saying he really didn't. The people with him don't really got to work. <laughs> Nick Cannon wants you to be about that life. Be all about his ass, okay? But 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 he remember he said that and women was like shit, yeah, so whatever. Because that's how most high value men are. I mean, not all of them, but most of them don't really care about your job and shit like that. Don't give shit. They they got money or whatever. It, it, it the thing is is when she he was asking her what did she bring to the table he wanted to know what is it about you that a high value man should date what is it about you like I'm loyal or I'm devoted I'm a uh, uh, I'm a uh, hard I'm a I, I I'm I got your back I, I I'm uh I I'm a powerful uh if I can I'm I'm a powerful influence I, I bring inspiration to the table I bring different that. This, and making him having something that she brings to the table that can help push a man to the next level. I am, um, I am a great cook. I'm a great uh, 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 a hospitality person. Well, you know, you you have the traits that you bring to the table. You know, remember, you know, one of my favorite songs. Yeah, and I be I be calling her the great philosopher, even though y'all know Beehive. I talk about Beyonce's ass all the time, okay? And I be talking about her, I be going in on her, but I also like Beyonce. And one of the things I love about Beyonce is to upgrade you something, okay? I mean, like she was saying, hey, you listen to that song. She was telling you what she brings to the table. Listen to that song. You can learn something from her, Beyonce, on that song. <laughs> it's, a, it's a really good song about, you know, when she's talking about let you, let me upgrade you or something like that. Jay-Z, like, how you going uh, to beat me? You, I am the black. I am the dude. What you going to do for me? Like, I am. And she's like, hey, I can do for you what Martin did for the people. Ran by the men, but the women keep the temple. Beyonce is the shit when she wants to when she's in that vibe, okay? So, yeah, I get it. She didn't understand what she brought to the table. And the man's like, what the fuck am I talking to you for? I don't know. You don't know what you bring to the table? You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, it's, I think that you have to have a sense of who you are to be is what Kevin Sanders was saying. Uh, not, not just look, but who are you? You know, and he kind of went in on about her hair and stuff like that. But it, it was, I think he wasn't really going in on that because a lot of high-value men date a lot of women with fake hair and all that stuff. I think it's more of having a sense when you want a high-value man that's not just high-value in finances, but high-value in his mindset and high-value in the way he carries himself and high-value in character and stuff like that. Uh, he is a highly-wanted man, and you have to have an understanding of what you as a woman bring to the table. Okay. That's what he trying to say out here, sis. Why wow, y'all ladies out here? Okay, so I ain't that mad at him. I understand. I hated for sis that she had to, <laughs> she had to hear it like that. <laughs> Damn. 
I mean, I kind of hate that. But, um, you know, uh, I mean, I don't know. That's just how I thought about that, okay? But listen, see, we got to every show. Uh, let's see. I wanted to hear just the Kevin Samuels thing. Uh, you uh, talking about Lamar Odom? I'll save that for Saturday. Okay? I'll save, I got a couple I'll save for uh, Saturday, okay? Yeah, and I think the young lady suspended for the old video, the racial slur. I think we talked about that, but I'll save some of the stories for Saturday to add on because this Saturday we're going to be talking about a lot. This uh, Saturday we're going to touch again on the uh, on the situation from today. Uh, also, I want uh, we we want to talk about uh, the who now talking about China not not being able to get into China to discover to study the origins of the virus. Uh, we want to talk about the uh, Lauren Hill. Something very interesting. Lauren Hill said, "Child, I was very interested." Lauren Hill explained, "Y'all gonna want to hear this Saturday. Me talk about this because y'all know I've been on Lauren's ass." Okay, Lauren Hill explained why she never made another album again. It is very interesting because let me tell you something. I feel like Lauren left. I think Lauren, this generation was hers, and she left it to lessers. Her voice is really needed. I mean, her voice was so needed for this generation. This is my opinion. You could just feel the hollowness of not having Lauren Hill's voice, like, continued on in record. You know what I'm saying? She's still out here, but I think her voice was needed in in recording. You know what I'm saying? And and I think a lot of lessons have come along since her that are not was not worthy of her throne. Just my personal opinion. So yeah, we're gonna talk about that too about. Lauren Hill uh, talking about that. Uh, we're going to talk about Kamala Harris about this article out about not her politics being uh, black enough, but her is, I mean, it's her policies, okay? I mean, her being black enough, but her policies. And then we're going to talk about Kim Kardashian and Kanye allegedly getting a divorce out in these streets. Shout I ain't surprised. Uh, Kanye, I mean, we're going to talk about Grammys being postponed. Uh, and we're going to have a whole lot more, okay? Meanwhile, you guys, uh, you listen, thank you guys for hanging out with me. We're down to the last minute, 90 minutes of the show. Uh, I will see you guys this Saturday, okay? I will check. We will, we, that's, we'll, we'll get to talk about it all then, okay? Uh, thank you guys for hanging out. I hope y'all enjoy uh, uh, part two. We're going to leave with one of my favorites by Vesta Williams, Once Bitten, Twice Shot. Child, I know the feeling, Vesta. I know the feeling. Hey, y'all, we are out. I am out. Have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your week, y'all. And if something else happens, Chad, I might be on again, okay? Y'all have a good one. Once bitten, twice shy, Mr. Williams. See y'all. Your name is Dracula. You
can uh, catch me on the Carlotta Chatwood Facebook page. You can also collect, check, uh, you know what, the Carlotta Chatwood Facebook page, uh, uh, C Chatwood Show, Carlotta72 for Twitter, and uh, for uh, Instagram is Carly's underscore Galaxy. You know what, I might get a panel together. I got to see if people are available. We had this discussion about Trump and what's happened this week and everything. We got to have this discussion, okay? You might get me a little panel together. I'll see if I got time. I got some people I can run together real quick, okay? We'll see. I'll let y'all know. <laughs> For this Saturday, okay? Damn, that would be good. We need a panel. Yes, okay? All right. And I see some of y'all talking about invoke the 25th Amendment. Shut the fuck up. He got two weeks left. What the fuck y'all want? He got one week or two weeks. Maybe. I'm talking about the 25th Amendment. Ain't nobody got time to impeach his ass. What the fuck? People don't have no... People have their priorities all wrong. Priorities is all wrong. Crazy ass. God. Just give him... He got a week or two. Shit, y'all scared he gonna tear up the country before the week or two? <laughs> oh, that's gonna, that could happen without him being in office. Shit, what y'all think that... Y'all better not sleep on that Scorpio's ass. That's Darth Vader's probably coming to town. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm just be acting. I'll be clouded. Hey, it can all be good. Who knows? It could end up being good with old Joe. I know I better get my $2,000 stimulus that Joe was promising people's ass the first 100 fucking days, okay? Because he's talking about he's going to definitely get a stimulus ass and stimulus package passed if them two, two ones. I want my damn $2,000, okay? I want my damn, what, the 4000 I want damn $4,000, but I want my money. I want my, that. At least give me that. It's y'all cheap ass. They should have marched on y'all. They should have raided y'all asses today. Can't even give people $2,000. And y'all don't want people to come up to Congress and raid your asses. The nerve, the fucking nerve. Yes, I said it. Can't even give people $2,000. People been out of work and and hurting and everything, and y'all can't give them, give them $2,000. Should have ran up on y'all ass. I said it. Should have ran up on y'all ass. Okay? You're talking Today you're in danger. You're damn right you're in danger. If you don't do what the American people ask you to do, then your ass needs to be in danger. Okay? <sighs> Not in danger. No, we don't want to kill them, but you need to be afraid of us marching in there. Having to give our voices, not do anything violent against you, okay? But it does say in the Constitution, you get right to form militias if y'all try to invoke crazy shit on us, okay? You are, you guys. This is this is this is checks and balances. Today was checks. I'm not for violence, but I damn sure for the American people going off up there and taking a hold of the uh, the Capitol building and saying, what the fuck, this is our house. We pay taxes, and we will we will send you motherfuckers out of here. I am for that. <laughs> no violence, but I am for it. I am with the shit. Now, violence happens because of that kind of shit. When you start trying to invoke uh, unnecessary laws and things like are when you try to ignore the people who put you in place, that's when you start to have problems, okay? I mean, remember, hey, one of the greatest stories uh, 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 in uh, history was the queen. What was her name? Oh, God, Beyonce used to dress up as her. Uh, I forget the queen's name. Oh, my God, I forget her. Marie Antoinette. 
Okay, Marie Antoinette ever hear the story? She's one of my favorite stories. Okay, I don't know why Beyonce these had Beyonce's ass dressed up as Marie Antoinette. That was crazy as fuck because Marie Antoinette was about propaganda and that kind of shit. It was crazy. I'm sure that's something to that. Why they used to they had Beyonce dressing like her at one time. But anyway, Marie Antoinette was blind to the fuck what the fuck was going on on the outside of her. She was a royal just having fucking fun. She didn't know what the fuck was going on around her. What was going around on her about, about? She just was just trying to live. She didn't even really want to be uh, a queen kind. Okay, she married this. She was in this marriage that was that was okay. Married to the top guy. But she really didn't want that shit. But it ended up because her lack of paying attention to what was happening in was it France was like well, I think it was France. I can't remember. But her lack of paying attention ended up killing, costing her and her family a great price. And you got to read the story to find out what the fuck happened. But it's all because they paid no attention to the people. While they lived lavish and wealthy and set on their asses, the people was outside starving and fucking hungry. And all they little asses, they asses had to do was give the people some attention and some love and let the people know you was hearing them. But them motherfuckers didn't do that. They sat on their asses and it cost them a lot. Read the story. Just is what had happened to you, Congress, when you start to dis, to not listen to the people. This kind of shit happens all the time, okay? Listen to the people. And celebrities, shut the fuck up. I'm so tired of celebrities tweets. I've been seeing celebrities tweets all day. Oh, y'all don't know how mad I am about celebrity right now. Celebrity is so shit. Celebrity is this. Got down my nerves. I, 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 celebrities have got not all celebrities. There's some really celebrities who really understand the deal, okay? But some of my favorites, oh my god, they've been a headache to watch. I've been about thinking about blocking them off my timeline. I'm like, cause when I hear this, I hear them one more time. I'm gonna block their asses. <laughs> not that they care. <laughs> but anyway, y'all, I'm having fun. You guys. Have a wonderful week. I will check for you. I will check you guys Saturday. God bless. 2021. Who knows what the hell else is getting ready to happen up in there. Okay. 21st year of the 21st century. Shit. It's supposed to be some shit around in this joint. Okay. I'm out. See y'all. PJ Morton, y'all. Only one. Bye.